The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. You can paint this with purple. Now live from the Pirate Radio studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hello and welcome into a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live, a cold and wet day in eastern North Carolina. We're coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We're on 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com. And you can watch the show on Facebook Live and on YouTube. If you check out YouTube right now, you can see the latest press conferences with Coach Donnie Kirkpatrick and Blake Harrell. Uh, You can check those out in their entirety from Wednesday evening. We've got that available for you to view on YouTube. Also, Mike Houston's press conference from this week as well. All right, we got a big Thursday show for you coming up in just a little bit. We'll hear what Donnie Kirkpatrick had to say about Holden Aylers, his offense, and getting ready to take on Temple this Saturday. 3 o'clock kickoff time at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Our pregame coverage begins 11 a.m. right here on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. We'll talk to Kevin Monroe, who will be on the call on Saturday. He'll join us on the Fixed NC Live line. Talk about the Braves World Series. He was fired up about that. We'll ask him what he dressed up for as Halloween. As we learned last week, Kevin Monroe, big Halloween guy. So we'll uh, talk some football as well. Jeff Nadeau will join us to look at Thursday night football. Jets and Colts. Eh, Not getting people excited around here. We'll talk about that one and the rest of the NFL slate for Sunday. We'll talk playoff high school football with Nate Connor, the head football coach of the D.H. Conley Vikings. We heard from Will Bland from J.H. Rose yesterday. We'll hear from Nate Connor today as his Vikings get set uh, to take on Hillside coming up Friday night. You can hear it right here on Pirate Radio, High School Huddle with Morgan Aylers at 6. And uh, today we'll get a little preview of that with Nate Connor. We got uh, Ryan Wallen from Owls 24-7. He will tell us about the Temple Owls really struggling right now as they uh, will enter Dowdy Ficklin Stadium on Saturday. And we'll hear from Pirate Defensive Coordinator Blake Harrell. We got all that and a lot more coming up on the show. And if you want to discuss anything, questions, comments, concerns, birthdays, anniversaries, you can drop them in our Facebook live feed. We have Chandler Honeycutt. Hello, Chandler. What's up, Clip? We had the big dog, Glenn Griffin, here today as well. Hello, big dog. What's up? BD. And we got Molly here on a Thursday. What's up, Molly? Hey, buddy. Good to see you. Yeah, you too. I asked you if you were uh, a little doom and gloom. Uh, not golf weather out there, and I said the golf season's about over, and you said, nope, not so fast, my no. friend. Play more this no, week? No, we, we got one day that's cold and windy. I mean, it is November. It's kind of to be expected. It's kind of like being hot in August. Uh, but no, it looks like next week's going to be good. Weekend doesn't look bad. All right. So, so we're you're out playing. Yeah, it's all good. Mr. Brightside, well, Mike Mullis, I like it. Yeah. Mully, uh, where to begin? <laughs> now talk about your uh, your Green Bay Packers. Wow. Are going places. Yeah, who knows where? <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know how this is all going to shake out. And, man, it just continues to uh, tarnish the uh, Aaron Rodgers. You've been off deal. the Aaron Rodgers train for a, long, a, yeah. a while now. Right. 
and you continue to get further off of well, it. And he provides every uh, every opportunity to to exit stage left. Seven and one. It was last Thursday night, right when they won on the road. Yeah, at yeah Arizona. it was a great last Thursday night. It was great. We had the Pirates win. We had the the uh, the Packers win. You know, sandwiched in uh, with the World Series before and after. It was awesome. It was awesome in Myrtle Beach playing golf. With some buddies. It was great living i mean you are no, living that, your best life that was that was a great uh <laughs> cross-section of mike moss's life there but now it's cold rainy and aaron Rodgers is immune immunized how did he say yeah, yeah, yeah. immunized uh, yeah well the jordan love era begins are you excited about that i'm curious you're curious about i'm that. curious i mean i we've seen this before i mean you know bledsoe and then tom brady comes in and we, who knows this is the That's end of one Rogers, example, right? yeah. Lou, Lou Gehrig for Wally Pill. <laughs> There's another famous example. Okay. But, so, I mean, it does happen. This yeah. is the firm end of Aaron <clears throat> Rodgers, though, isn't it? In I, Green nah. Bay. Oh, in Green Bay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's done. <clears throat> and I, again, man, I, they, he has put them in such a difficult situation. Well, he, he lied. He lied about it. Yeah, correct. It. And and so they, there's already the tumult. Well, he lied to us. He didn't. I don't know if he lied to his team necessarily. I, I don't know. Maybe I, I don't did. either. I don't know what the what the word was in the building. But that's why I say that it could be the end. But like it, if there's a he lied medically, and then there's liability issues, and then and you it's go not from like there. the relationships in good standing right now. <laughs> not at all. No. So now now okay. How the, if you're the GM who's probably going to be get fired over this too? Sure. How how does the GM manage this? They clean the house. GM that Rogers has already publicly bashed. Yeah, yeah. So now he's, you know, he's going. Wait a minute, Aaron. Now, so now I've got to try to figure out a way to spin this to make you not look like such a liar. But if I don't handle it correctly, you're going to hate me worse. Which my future is is clearly in Aaron Rodgers' hands. It's uh, Bryce Love's hands. I mean, I'm, I'm that's Jordan Love. Jordan Love. Yeah, that's his quarterback. Well, no, but I'm saying if Aaron Rodgers wants this guy gone, if Aaron Rodgers says, I'll stay if he goes, then oh, sure. he gone. What does the organization do? Right. And, that, I, that's and not, I want Randall Cobb to be our new GM. Absolutely. Why not? <laughs> and that's, that's not contingent. I mean, that's winning a Super Bowl or not. I just, I don't know, man. This is so un-Green Bay-like. That's why I've been a great – this is the just – This is messy. This is this is something like you know the Jets, Raiders, the Washington, Redskins, the Redskins, <laughs> yeah, or the Skins. I'm sorry, or whatever they are. The, right, don't call them that. The, the football Reds, team, the, the what the, the WTFs, <laughs> the Snyders, um, the Pretzels. Yeah, I, this is this stuff is for other people, not for Green Bay. That I yeah. I hear you there. Yeah, I agree with that. When I think of stable franchises, I think of the Steelers and the Green Packers. Bay. Those yeah. are like the first two that come to mind. And then like the Giants, but, the, the but that's Ra- more of like an ownership thing. Who the Giants? That's more of an ownership uh, thing. The Ravens. Well, I'm saying like they had like the classic, like the Maras owned them, so it's a classically owned team. Yeah, just like the, and they own them terribly, just like Kraft owns New England. I hate Mara, 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 Mara. Um, I think the Ravens are in that category. Stable NFL franchise yeah. year after stable year. front office. Speaking so. of stable franchises, let's talk about the Braves. Let's do it. How about that? All right, you're a, you're an avid Braves fan who had given up on them halfway through the season, by the way, but will not rehash that. That's fine. You okay. can. I wasn't okay. the only one. What? I, uh, I bet you did too. I didn't care. So I. Of course yeah. you don't. So if you, it, Freddie yeah. Freeman. That's, you can do that about anything. I so, don't care. So Freddie Freeman. Don't care. I love Freddie Freeman. What about him? You know what? Here's hey, my... you know what? Years ago too, I tried to say Freddie Freeman 
I don't know what you're going to say. Well, at that time, he wasn't. But I was like, Freddie Freeman, he's a household name. and, and you He like, was not a household name. Yes, he was. He is, in he, a baseball He's a, in a baseball household? Well, that makes <laughs> yeah. it a household name. Yeah. No, here's the deal. Here's my here's my theory with, with the Braves and Freddie Freeman. Okay. Like, if, first off, if they don't re-sign him, it's going to just take the luster off of the World Series. I totally. agree. But I think a lot of that is because the Braves fan base, in my opinion, has this incredible desire to always have a Dale Murphy or a Chipper, Chipper. Jones. Yeah. Somebody that even though you may be risking on getting in on the back end of the career, they'll almost overpay just for that stability of Braves, a hero. The Braves franchise, I think every but fan think, wants to root for a team that has a guy. Well, the, the only one that's, that's worse a, was that as it relates to baseball was Zimmerman and with the Nationals. They kept him around way past his prime. Yeah. But I mean, with Freddie, is it, 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 look, we're talking like silly money. I mean, I but guess, did you see what he just did? I know oh, I did a hundred percent. But is that? I mean, who do you give more to, him or Rosario? Because look at Rosario did in the postseason. Solaire, who do you get? I mean, Solaire was a beast. Where did these guys come Stunt. from? And you know what, Molly? Maybe it's wrong, but I'd rather just. Hey, throw, if, throw hey, the bank at Freddie. Hey, I'd rather Lovin, keep the franchise if leader. If Love and Freddie's wrong, I don't want to be right. Exactly. <laughs> um, but I, I, you I, get what I'm saying, though. Yeah. The Braves always have that cornerstone dude that's like... But good franchises have that. No, no, no. But I'm saying they hang on a little chipper in his last two or three seasons was awful. No, but that's that's okay with me. No, that, I, that, I, I hate to say it. That was my point just made. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, okay. you're you're right. It would have been like if the Cardinals held on to Albert Pujols. Yeah, they had to make a really tough choice. Sure. And now the Dodgers are sitting there holding that bag, going because Albert's already come out and said, "Hey, I'm not planning on retiring." Okay. And the Dodgers, checks, baby. And the Dodgers, <laughs> wait, I don't even think it's about the money. He's like, what am I going to do with myself? I'm still Albert freaking Pujols. He was just playing in some game. They had a highlight of him hitting a walk-off hit in some other league. He's probably in the Dominican League or yeah. somewhere back home playing. Yeah, playing I, baseball. Yeah, but I mean, and that's what he does. But he's, you know, he's 40, what's he, 43, 44 years no, old, 42 I, years old? You're right, Molly, especially with the Braves, because you, you named some names there and went down the list. But I think every fan base wants to have a guy that they know is going to be there every night that they can root for. Plus, he's like one of the best guys ever. Like he's everybody I, likes none, him. None of that. I am. I am not disputing any of yeah. it. I just think it's more, and I think a lot of that is because of the sincerity of the Braves fan base being steeped in the South and kind of the Southern love. And we like, we he, like ignore all the bad stuff about yeah, pro sports, Major League Baseball, everything, and it's like this is our team. It's okay. From when we were kids. It's okay. Yeah. We TBS. Everybody, you yeah. know, you can't talk Skip about Perry. the Braves without talking about a seven oh seven start time or a. I know. You know, yeah, it's the right. nostalgia that goes back into it. And no, I don't know that another team has that. Because if you're a Yankee, you're wondering who we're going to get rid of to get better. It's got, I mean, now they went on a little run there where they had the solid core, but those dudes were performing at the highest level. It's funny you bring that up because every offseason, the Yankees are like, we need to go out and get. Spend. Let's get, uh, we had Garrett Cole last year. Let's go get. Yeah, Freddie. Let's go get Freddie Freeman. Ooh, 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 he's a free agent. Let's get Freddie. Hey, Carlos Correa is a free agent. Let's get him. When I hear that, I'm like, you know, bring up some guys from the. Uh, do it the com- old way. Completely agree. But that, but that again, that might not be the right way. The but best way is to. But what's funny, you're saying that, and the Braves just won the World Series with Jock Peterson, Rosario, all these guys that did not come through their farm system. You're right. Because the guys Solaire. that did got Solaire. hurt. I'm going to tell you, that GM, who is the GM for the Braves? Uh, Anthonopoulos, Alex yeah, Anthonopoulos. He's, he's the MVP of the league. Yeah. 
I mean, because is, you know what? They didn't give up anything. He is the outright MVP of the league. They retooled you, you know the whole who outfield. They traded the... to get Rosario. Nobody. <laughs> well, wasn't it? Panda? I wouldn't say that. Yes, it was uh, Pablo Sandoval. Pablo yeah. Sandoval. I didn't think Kung they Fu gave. Up, I didn't think they gave up anything to get him, but I guess that would qualify. Well, the, the I Indians thought it was like dropped him, uh, cut him immediately. Right, it was one of those things. Right. So the Guardians. The I'm sorry. The maybe. They're getting sued. Oh, by the roller derby team or whatever it is? <laughs> yeah. They didn't clear their name, the URL. They didn't clear anything. They're just like, we're, we're going to be the Steelers. Well, the Same thing. And the Guardian Angels from uh, New York, they used to ride the subway. They're suing them, too. The Guardians. Angels in the outfield. Yeah. Um, yeah, Molly. I'm, uh, and now, and, and I could never be an owner or a GM. Because I would, my, I have such a big heart, Molly. As you, you do. <laughs> no, I you would, do. I'm agreeing with you. I would pay guys for past performance instead of what I'm supposed to do. But then you're exactly right. You'd I, never be a GM. I'd be terrible. Right. I'd be like, Freddie, um, I'm going to give you part ownership. We got your statue. Freddie, what do you want? Yeah. What do you want? And I'll double it. Yeah. I, I mean, I look, and I, obviously the argument's there that he's still a very productive player. But do you give this dude like some ridiculously long? He's going to want like. I don't know, six years. Well, you love to talk about How this, old is uh, ten-year contract. Ten, yeah, I mean the ten-year contract that you see Pujols, you know, hamstrung the Cardinals forever with that contract. And uh, Freddie's, well, what is Freddie? I don't know. That's Google boy. Thirty, thirty-two, three, three or four. Uh, so. Freddie is uh, thirty-two years old. So thirty-two, you know, you give a look. You go. Is he worth an eight-year deal to tie him up till he's forty? Maybe give him three years. What is it going to be? Three years at thirty million a year. Okay, you know what? And there's no salary cap. I, I'm asking. Pay the question. him. I'm, it's not my money. What do I care? <laughs> right. Clearly, um, no. I, and look, they did. There were people mad at the Braves for giving Acuna and Albies millions of dollars because they said they undercut them, undersold. Like they, well, they, got they took advantage of the young and, guys. And that drives me crazy too. Yeah. They got them before they hit the point where they could go get a bigger contract that it's called smart yeah it's called hey let's lock this down at a better than market rate right now for where we have to be and paying a 21 year old all those millions it he's okay with it well let me ask you this do you think that contract will ever be honored to the end Nah, no chance they'll do the re-ups or yeah the you know and, or and baseball's also facing uh, a work stoppage again this year that's yeah. that's out there that could change all these contracts yeah so who knows man I, but i did find that i do find that interesting that that's been the uh, biggest topic of conversation and quite frankly um freeman was not the best player on that team in the postseason offensively he, I, now he was top three yeah but the well, other you two talked guys, about the GM. So it was the Brewer series where Jock Peterson had a couple of big home runs in that series for Atlanta, drove in a lot of runs. The Dodgers series, it was Rosario and yeah. LCS MVP. Rosario could not get out. And then in the World Series, Solaire was the World Series MVP. That's right. All those three guys and Adam Duvall, who you brought back, was a well, key and addition. Austin uh, Riley. Yeah, Austin Riley. Where I mean, where'd that cat come from? And not to mention Snicker. He almost sent to the minors earlier this year. Well, not to mention the, the managing job that Snicker did handling that bullpen or the staff did where, hey, we got an opener and we'll see what happens. And I mean, it just was... It was crazy. I mean, it was, I, I, you know, I thought the Astros were the better team, but the Braves were playing much better at the time. I will say the Braves, once they got through the Brewers and the Dodgers, had the best pitching. They had no the question pitching about advantage it. against Houston, but the bats, you know. No, it was, uh, it, their, their numbers were, you know, took you back to that 96 team. 
with the pitching staff. So, uh, you know, Jock Peterson, where did that cat come from? He came completely came out of his shell when he got out of L.A. It's kind of backwards, but I guess he was overshadowed by so many great players that he finally gets a chance to grab some spotlight. And, you know, he's rocking friggin' pearl necklaces and high water pants and just, uh, you know, playing a, a great level of baseball. One of my least favorite players in baseball before joining the Braves. I just thought his... He's arrogant swag i'm probably too old to use that word but whatever you want to call it outweighed his production you no know what you I mean? still wear game jerseys so you're fine to say swag oh good his swag his litness mm. no cap molly mm. oh uh huh? okay <laughs> okay dead what, else, what else you got dead ass mm-hmm. okay <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what i'm saying right now i might get canceled you're doing good i did not like jock peterson is what i'm trying to say and then he became like a fan favorite so i love him he's my man i'm wearing pearl i asked my wife if she had pearls she did but it was like a shorter necklace i needed the big long one yeah so i tried molly believe me i bet and and the pearls didn't happen until he got to uh atlanta yeah yeah no that was a unless he kept them under his shirt but when he got to atlanta he was rocking them and uh said i like the way they look there you go uh molly let's take a oh let's don't come on let's go all right all right let's push on through (laughs) okay okay fine you run the damn show (laughs) well i kind of do it i'm here (laughs) (laughs) that is true i have one more braves point i was gonna make but i can't think about it right well if you need to take a break to think of it that's fine um it's up to you i mean let's fight through okay uh pirates four and four wow trying to get to five and four big favorites this week molly was it 15 and a half did i see that earlier 16 last time i looked so yeah right in that neighborhood yeah you gotta like that but it it is the fighting cosby's and that always seems to be a little bit of a pickup (laughs) yeah you know i mean historically (laughs) are we still calling him that i am okay um i mean who else he's out right yeah, I'm sure they're not even letting him wear gear anymore. But I, what, what OJ you know, was at the Bills game last week. That's interesting. Yeah, I. Uh, but who else do you associate with Temple? I when I first hear him, I probably go John Chaney just because okay. he, he looked so interesting. He looked like kind of like a Temple Owl. Yeah. yeah, and then you go uh, you go Cosby immediately after that. Yeah, so yeah, that should be uh, just you know again it just. It, I mean, got to come out and play, you know, but that would be a, a great one to get and put them in a great position. I saw uh, what uh, CBS Sports or somebody issued uh, 1 through 130, and the uh, Pirates hit, landed at number 80 in the uh, rankings of all the teams this year to this point, 1 to 130. Okay. Fair? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Bob Saget is a alumni of Temple University. You know, Bob Saget, and I, it was shocking to me when I found this out as a child growing up watching Full House that he is a very raunchy comedian. Yes, oh, God, yeah, yeah, he's terrible. Who, what? While you're on the Google box, what sports alum from Temple? I mean, I really can't think of anybody. Bruce Arians coached Temple. I don't yeah, know but I can't think there. of any players that, that. Yeah. Um, Temple basketball. I remember Mark Macon was the guard way back in the day. That's going deep. Yeah, deep cut. Eddie Jones. Didn't he go to Temple? Aaron McKee is their current head coach. He uh, played in the NBA with the Sixers. Hassan Reddick, who is the Panthers' leading sack no sack leader right now, went to Temple. Matt Roll coached at Temple. P.J. Walker went to Temple. Okay. All right. Well, I'm sorry to ask. We got a lot of Panthers. Odell Beckham, what do you think? Um, 
I think that I would like to criticize his dad, but that is something my mom would do if I was an NFL player. Put right. together a video of me not getting the ball. Um, yeah, that's... I mean, two days of being asked not to come to practice. Okay, so he hadn't been healthy enough to come to practice most weeks. Now he's trying to go to practice, and they're like, eh. Just what's that say to him? I mean, what's that? You know what? I thought, uh, honest, uh, obviously, uh, honestly, excuse me, I thought uh, Manziel did a great job. Manziel. <laughs> Baker. Baker. Baker Mayfield did a great job, you know, in his press conference yesterday saying, hey, look, man, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe, you know, maybe I can get him the ball a few more times or whatever. But but he also said that he, he was like, I'm not – some of the reporter asked him, you know, are you hurt or whatever? And he said, I'm not hurt. I'm, I think he said disappointed or uh, that the Odell's dad would do that. He said, I've, I've met his dad man to man. We've had conversations like, uh, yeah, I was a little disappointed about that, but I'm not hurt. I'm fine. I'll be all right. But he was like, what the hell? You know, yeah. we're like grown men, you know. You know what, though? I would think the human, human nature would enter into that where you're, you know, you've got a chance to try to hit an open guy or maybe squeeze one to Odell just to. <laughs> You know, either go, I told you, or here, man, here's your chance. You but know, the problem is, like you it. said when we got on the air, he's just not good anymore. No, he's 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 awful. Yeah, I, I say awful. He he is a below. He's like a fourth wide receiver. Yeah, I, it's uh, it's it's crazy. What you, you got, James? You if remember, you're still talking about people going to Temple, I want to hear you, it. Do you remember guard offensive tackle Trey Johnson? Of course I do. He got kicked out of a uh, the Lions playoff game. He was a Washington lineman. He. Uh, accidentally punched a ref trying to punch a lines player and oh, got wow. kicked out of the game went to temple all right uh buccaneers defensive coordinator todd bowles went to temple <laughs> molly you asked for this I, but i also asked for it to stop <laughs> all right, I'm done. because even the people you're mentioning are so obscure <laughs> that only a guy that does sports trivia would even have any inkling as to who these people might be uh, <laughs> all right i'm done okay thanks i also asked for it to stop that was that's true and funny all right uh what are our other sports topics Molly? purple gold world series this weekend yeah i had cliff on uh, earlier this week he's ready to go uh with this group apparently they split with virginia mm-hmm. in a little scrimmage action and uh tied with liberty mm-hmm. i believe so uh I'm, I'm excited man i talking to him brought me back to the the greenville regional and just how fun of a weekend that was with all the fans back and celebrating now uh, we got pirate hoops on tuesday that's Mark. right that's right man it's hard to believe the basketball season is already starting by yeah need to get the mullises there no man that was as much fun as uh my little one and i've had at a at a game over there it's, it's just constantly something going on i like how you clarified that statement that's the most fun we've had at a game over there so like how many games you had over there you and your son how many you've been to in total yeah. like baseball football no, no, basketball. basketball oh that one <laughs> so it literally was the most fun experience but it was an, it was it, what i'm saying it was they do a great job with the game day atmosphere it was a lot of fun okay all right and um, we did we, i mean now we did go to one game that was maybe a little more fun basketball wise and that was the harlem globetrotters <laughs> now that was fun <laughs> well they do a few more tricks yeah than, uh, that's that's highly you get a bucket of confetti on oh yeah was, we did it we did it all the whole night had the music going the whole time it was great uh sweet georgia brown mm-hmm. the name of that tune uh so yeah pirate hoops coming up on tuesday you got the purple gold world series uh 3 30 friday 10 50 saturday and noon on sunday i mean you can make a full day of it go out uh saturday and watch the pirates play and then uh go tailgate and go watch the pirates play what's your weather saying for saturday Molly? Uh, 60 and cloudy kind of deal so i don't know what the wind's supposed to be doing but not you know, terrible 
look that's fall baseball and football weather that's what you would expect i literally was outside today and somebody you know was talking to hey coach uh said something about the weather and i said well this is college early season college baseball weather is what we've got outside today i asked cliff about this and then he gave a good response but like fall ball for you like what's the uh the goal of fall ball to figure out what you got and teach young guys and create culture I mean, it's just, he used that. He said, uh, "Look, man, show you, the young guys what we are as a program." And remember, young guys now don't mean freshmen. Young guys could mean some the dude that transferred in as a grad transfer pitcher. He, although he's had four years of college baseball, he still doesn't understand Cliff's way of doing things, and that goes down to, you know, how you handle yourself in the locker room, how, what pregame is, what your stretches are, what you know, just routine. And every guy is different, Molly. You know this from playing, coaching, being in clubhouses that. Uh, we had Connor Norby on who said he had to have a heart-to-heart with Cliff after his freshman year because he admitted himself he wasn't doing the work, putting in enough work. And then and he said he didn't know if he could make it here at ECU. Thomas Francisco, I brought that up with him. He said, nah, I never felt that way because my dad was my coach. And honestly, my dad got on me, you know, just as hard, if not harder than Cliff did. Yeah. So he was used to it. So it's like, and now's probably a good time to find out who these guys are as individuals and how you're going to coach them and, yeah you know. look you got to figure out who's a pat on the back and who's a kick in the pants and you, you know those things and that, that's why coaches like to have coaches sons because you typically you can't uh coach them too hard you know they, they've been especially you know if you know that's the history true. of the coach so uh you, you, you know it's it's uh it's a little i mean bobby dale uh reynolds from cherryville uh drew reynolds dad you know he he's a great high school coach american legion coach and um you know fun guy but i'm you know coach his kid hard so that was a natural fit when drew was here but um that's just a uh that's i mean that's the falls kind of a feeling out and, and these guys you got to realize man you got your you know you got a bunch of bantam roosters out there and they're all kind of strutting around trying to figure out who the cock of the walk is so you know they've got to spend some time around each other to get a feel for um this is a lot of poultry references but kind of what the pecking order is if you <laughs> if you will i mean so because if you're not up to snuff, I mean, you could be tarred and feathered out there on the field. <laughs> I love a good Mully laugh. <laughs> Let's keep the chickens rolling. <laughs> All right, uh, Mully, Tuesday night in uh, historic Fleming Stadium in Wilson, they're having a, uh, a hot stove banquet with, at, as part of the North Carolina Baseball Museum. That's yeah, an awesome and, place. And uh, Mike Schilt will be the speaker there. Yeah, I wonder if unless he's, he's hired. Wonder if he's going to reveal where his next landing will be. That was strange, right? I, we might have talked to you about that, but he, he no, should that's be crazy. scooped up here pretty quick. I would think so. How about the other big hire that happened with Georgia Southern yesterday, Clay Helton? Oh yeah, Did you see that? From yeah, USC? I hadn't even talked about that. That yeah. that's uh, I don't know, man. That's kind of crazy. Does all of a sudden? Georgia Southern become like an App State, Coastal Carolina kind of. Uh, well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Uh, you got to think that guy's going to get. You know, he, he's going to be able. Or to like a Liberty bang drums. Well, yeah. What I'm th- what I'm seeing is them being a little. The way I perceive Coastal Carolina and Appalachian State is that they're almost a little renegade kind of. You know, especially Coastal man. They got the mullets and they're kind of rough around the edges and just kind of play with their hair on fire. And I, I kind of get that feeling from Helton that that's kind of his – he likes that fast-break football kind of deal. So, But I don't know. That'll be interesting to see how it all kind of bears out. A guy going uh, from FBS – FCS to FBS is uh, Bob Melvin going from the A's to the Padres. Uh, they're in the same league, but he basically said 
I'm leaving this situation for a much better one in San Diego. I just found that interesting that like he gets out of a contract and goes to San Diego. And I don't know what's that much better about it other than well, a couple players. They, yeah, I think it's more about the the players and the the plan and all that. Yeah, I, it'll be that'll be interesting to see. Again, we you know I had this optimism that the Padres would become relevant and it just didn't happen it just goes to show i mean like we get excited it's, it's almost like a video game man you got all these players this is going to be great and then you see no, you got nothing forget they're human beings and go out there well and then the guy you spend the most money on can't stay healthy and yep. you know so it's yeah it's it'll be it, that that'll be i mean okay so shilt today's is that up yeah I, I was trying to think of the openings there and uh and does ron washington get another look does ron washington want another look he's 70 yeah i don't know he's finally won his world series this is my and i'm we'll wrap it up here this was going to be my last braves thought molly i'm a little younger than you but you'll you'll respect and recognize these names uh brian snicker was talking about the braves coaching staff and mentioned washington their first base coach is ey eric young Mm -hmm. uh they have walt weiss on the crew kevin seitzer like all these guys like he gave them a lot of credit for teaching these uh players routines how to be big leaguers how to be how to be big leaguers yeah and uh and snicker what snicker i mean that dude has he is a lifer he's with the been, braves he's been with the braves the whole time he knows the braves way but he was not a big leaguer so it's you know it's that peer uh that kind of peer pressure in a positive way that those guys i loved watching and i don't know that i've ever seen a bench coach shown as much as walt weiss was shown but man is he animated and i loved watching him play I mean, I, I like watching him. You know, he was at second and short, and then Carney Lansford was at third with the A's back in oh, the yeah. days. And I, I mean, that team that was Eckersley and uh, obviously the Bash brothers and all. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, that was I enjoyed those guys played baseball like really hard. They that was when I loved baseball. Those dudes just got after it, and and I think that could be said uh, uh, across the league in that era where you know it's kind of missing now. So. All right, Molly. Thanks for hanging out, man. Yeah, man. Enjoyed it. We will uh, take our break, come back, have more for you. Hour one of Pirate Radio Live. Let's hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick when we return. Hear what he had to say yesterday. We're back with you. PRL rolls on after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Grab your amigos and head to Chico's for the best Mexican food and fun in Greenville. Come and enjoy favorites like shrimp tacos, steak and chicken fajitas, burritos, enchiladas, ACP, and more. Follow Chico's on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. For more for Mexican food and fun, it's got to be Chico's for dine-in or to go. Now let's head back into P- uh, PRL. Here's your host, Cliff Rock. All right. <clears throat> got a uh, text from listener Chris, who uh, his last line, is says, it says, just a bit of useless information. If anyone loves useless sports information, it's me. He said, Walt Weiss, we were talking about him a moment ago, Braves assistant coach played against east carolina when mike roberts was the baseball coach at unc and of course coach o with the pirates uh chris got him and bj surhoff 
former Oriole, uh, amongst other teams, uh, got their autographs when he was a kid. A bit of useless information. When it comes to sports, there is no useless information. It's all very useful. So thank you for that. Here's uh, useless information. Love it. Bring it. Uh, I found a picture of me and Coach O from 2010 the other day. <laughs> Saw that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 2010 Meet the Pirates. I went to uh, Coach O baseball camp as a kid. And uh, Coach O told me to get out. Get out. He said. Broke. Get out. <laughs> You're not good. Get out. Broke. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of useless information, we were running over Temple guys that you only know if they play for your team. You ran off a lot of Panthers names. Well, people should know who Todd Bowles is. Yeah, Todd Bowles. We know him. Former Jets head coach, right? Mm-hmm. Defensive coordinator, Super Bowl champion. Uh, Brad, who is a football team fan, says Matt Ioannidis is a Temple alum. That he is. Good uh, linebacker? Defensive lineman. No, nah, um, you're thinking of um, he played for the Rams, like Mankavich or something. They, they had a bunch. No, no, I know who that is, but there was also a guy that played for the Rams that had the last name similar to that. But yeah, I know who you're talking. Oh, you're about. talking about Jan- Laurinaitis. Laurinaitis. Yeah, who's the son of John, John Laurinaitis from WWE? Who is the brother of the one of the Ro- Legion of Doom guys? One of the Road Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was always confused about that. Who is also Daniel Bryan's stepfather. (laughs) Okay. We are getting about as useless as you can get now. Useless information. (laughs) Glenn, I was always confused. Okay, so the tag team is called Legion of Doom. Yes. But their names were Road Warrior Hulk, Road Warrior Animal. And they were also called the Road Warriors. But in the NWA, like originally they were Road Warriors. And then I think there was some legalities with the Road Warrior name because of the uh, the Mad Max movies. Okay, so it's kind of like... Um, and so then they had to become Legion of Doom in WWE. They were never Road Warriors in WWE. All right, well, that explains it. It's like those dudes that um, that went to AEW, the tag team guys. They just the, go by a different the name. The Revival. Yes. The, yeah, that's yeah. who I was thinking of. Uh, Steve, adding on to the useless information, says that what is the player's name? James Laurinaitis. Yes, he is the son of Animal. So John Laurinaitis would be the uncle of the yes. football player. Everybody got that? There will be a quiz at the end of the show today. <laughs> you go. There, we were like maybe maybe days away from being able to to lock John Cena into that equation. Oh, oh, Bella. Because he was wait, well, like somewhat right, engaged to like Nikki Bella. So, so the Bellas are related to who? So the Bellas' mother <laughs> married John Laurinaitis. Okay, and so that's why he's Daniel Bryan's stepfather because Daniel Bryan is married to one of the Bellas, and that could have been the other Bella could have married John Cena. Okay. Um. So All right, John Cena and Daniel Ryan would have been brother-in-laws, and their step stepfather would have been John Laurinaitis. Have we just created a new segment called Useless Information? Yes, I and like it. If you have any useless information you'd like us to pass along, uh, please let us know via Facebook, Twitter, or give us a call three one seven twelve fifty. I like this segment. All right, let's. Um, what is Redbeard tagging me on? 
<laughs> uh, there's a story. Uh, the title is Texas coach Steve Sarkeesian claims crazy monkey story isn't a distraction. It's not. It, it's not part of the business. <laughs> monkey business. <laughs> so uh, they're not even mentioning that at practice, or none of the players are talking about it. Not even a thing. This is probably nothing to Steve Sarkeesian. Everybody is ignoring. Yeah, true. Is it? I don't know, man. I feel like pole assassin being married to your special teams coordinator got to be pretty far up there all right but are, are they ma- they're not married also they're not this is not a daniel bryan bella situation so they're not <laughs> married um they are just together yeah he is estranged from his wife and children as with and is with the pole assassin and her monkey how do y'all feel about animal like domesticating animals like that um like anything other than a dog and a cat like what's the uh oh, man what's like the snake, rule man, what else a, would you got you... a snake in your house man i think you're crazy talk to me yeah. outside I ain't going yeah inside. i don't really vibe with like s- 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 i i think there there are things that are not meant obviously not meant to be pets snakes spiders things of that nature but like, then, even like even hamsters are a little strange to me yeah like mo- ferrets lizards monkeys yeah. obviously are not meant to be pets yeah now i get the appeal because i could like i could definitely be into like the idea of having like if it was possible to have like a small elephant i would be into that idea that'd be cool I mean, right we, like any like sort of like domesticated yeah but would it would you would it have to be like an elephant that never gets big right that's the idea it'd be a pot belly that i was thinking about it i feel like we had this it'd conversation be like the like we had this conversation earlier in the year we did because that snake got out in raleigh yeah Yes. That could spit venom from, like, what? What was it? Ten feet away? Right. It was a situation. Raleigh was on lockdown. Like, people having that kind of pet? <laughs> oh, I just saw recently that a, uh, another llama, I think, got loose from that other place we were talking about earlier this year that's in North Carolina. Yeah. Are we talking about the one that that Abrams family owned? Maybe had a TV show yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like if you were rich would you go scarface and get a tiger or no something? like uh, after yeah. after having gone to like that place that we were just talking about i i can't imagine the upkeep day to day like and the, the potential the, death that you would face every day <laughs> well like so uh, yes so that's the issue is like you can't have something that could kill you at any moment did you watch uh the grizzly man documentary have you seen that it's been some time yeah but yeah it's along the same lines like the concept of having a bear that's your friend is awesome right until the day becomes hey, the bear lo- decides <clears throat> it's not your friend anymore yeah. we all love the jungle book right it'd be uh, so cool to be so able to hang crazy. out with baloo yeah like your big friendly protector but unfortunately we live in real life right and the bear doesn't sing <laughs> the bear what a shame don't sing <laughs> the bear don't sing he's hungry bo yeah and he's looking at you like you're a big old steak <laughs> All right, let's uh, hear from Donnie Kirkpatrick after all that. What a transition. Yep. I wish uh, we had Donnie here to comment on it. He'd be well, great to talk about this. Coach, uh, <laughs> have you ever owned an exotic animal? No snakes. No, no I, I don't do that. And uh, uh, Fernando says he has a pet lizard. I might pet that, but that, that's about it. <laughs> My wife told me uh, we couldn't get a dog because she said there's already one in the house. She's talking about me. <laughs> <laughs> Audie told me he he would uh, buy a tiger, and I said, "Audie, you might be out starting the lineup here next week." 
I don't care if you had a touchdown last week against South Florida. All right. Let's hear from the real Donnie Kirkpatrick. Uh, he starts uh, by talking about holding nailers. You know, he's just a great competitor. I, he, he just doesn't let things rattle him too much. You know, I think sometimes it motivates him even more. Uh, I do think that the schedule, because we had uh, we had given him a little more rest because we were over-concerned about getting back so late and, uh, you know, that they were going to be tired. So we kind of make the week a little bit more where they'd get some more rest. And I think he felt more rested a little bit. Because, you know, after the game, I said, wow, you know, that's the best I've ever seen you actually throw the ball. It's coming out of your hand the best I've seen, you know. And he said, yeah, I, felt, I just felt really good. Now, the weather, you know, with the rain and all that, you would have thought. But he, he, it didn't seem to bother him, which I thought was another really good tribute to him. Now, he, his decision-making was very good as well. And I just think he studied hard, you know. So he always studies hard. I think maybe he put a little extra time into it. But he's really motivated to finish this season out, you know, really well and get us rolling, get us on another win streak right here. And so we're going to need him to do that this week. He's going to need to play really well because he's going to have the ball every play. Your two running backs kind of have different abilities, different strengths, but uh, they have almost the exact same number of carries. Uh, We asked Coach Houston about that a little bit. But how tough is it to balance out that almost down to the number of of carries and how beneficial is it to have two guys that can have more than 100 yards or 100 rather carries each at this point in the year? I I think it's great that we have two that we would say are good enough to be starters. I wish we had three. You know, you always want one more. Uh, I, I promise you that we don't sit there and chart Okay, he's got three. We got to get the other guy three before we can give him the ball. It's just Coach Foster now is is aware that he's rotating them by number of plays and stuff like that. Uh, but you know they're also getting some touches in by catching the ball, and I think that's pretty even as well too. So it's just kind of working itself out like that. But we're we're not really charting it like that. But I think they both are equally good. They are different. Uh, but I think they're both equally good. Roger had a little bit of, I guess, the more statistical game this past week. It was kind of maybe that, that type of a game a little bit more. I don't know, you know, but it, it, it's just great to have both of them. I, I, I'm glad they've been able to stay somewhat healthy. I mean, at this time of year, nobody's totally 100% healthy. Everybody's got something that's bothering them a little bit, but they're both pretty tough mentally, so they're, they're ready to go. When you first started working with Keaton Mitchell, what were some of the things, obviously he has a lot of speed, but what were some of the things that you wanted to, him to work on and that you guys worked on with him right away to kind of get him to this point? I think the big thing with Keaton, and this is why Keaton didn't play as much as Raji did uh, last year, or at least early, was Keaton came in and, you know, like pass protection, I guess he had never done it. Like I say, if, if you had him, you were a high school coach, why in the world would you have him blocking people? You'd be giving him the ball, right? I mean, you'd be wasting time doing that. So, like I say, he's a smaller back to a certain extent. Defense coordinators are pretty smart. You know, they're going to look at your personnel. Okay, small back. People like to rush your back, try to make him have to pick up anyhow. Offensively, you work like crazy to re-ID that stuff and get your quarterback to change the protection so the blitz is coming, the linemen are blocking the blitz instead of the back. But that's the game within the game going on the whole time out there. So Keaton, you know, got exposed like early. Somebody blitzed him, he didn't pick it up. Well, you know what? You're getting ready to see that again. And that was a little bit of an issue. So I think that was the first big thing was with him. And then, you know, because he was such a big play guy, you know, as he is now, well, think about what he was in high school. So he's used to always making, oh, I'm going for the home run. You know, so sometimes he would make cuts and try to run around people. And, you know, in high school, you're so much faster than everybody else. That worked. You get here, there's a few guys that run you down. Also, I don't think there's been a game, though, where Shank hasn't said, okay, Noah's out. 
I don't know when he'll be back. His back is spasmed and they've got him over there and they're stretching him out or whatever, which is his way of telling me the the, the, the right tackle now, one-on-one out here, you, you better be careful what you call. You better have the back chip. You better have a tight end chip or you better be careful what you call right here. Wow, that's limiting, you know, all of a sudden to, to be able to do that. And then, you know, Avery's been banged up. He's gutted it out all, all year long. Uh, so, but again, that's, that's football, I guess. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Probably everybody's on lines like that a little bit by now. They're all taped up pretty heavily. So they've hung in there. They've done a good job. You know what I'm saying? I, we're, that's still an area we want to get better at. We would like to be more consistent, you know, in, in the run game and in pass protection. All right, Donnie Kirkpatrick there. There was a weird cut in the audio where he's talking about running backs and then goes to the O-line there. But um, he was talking about whole nailers too. Somebody had said, it might have been Tony Dunn or somebody on Friday after the game last Thursday, that they thought that was the best they saw Holt nailers throwing the football, which was likely the worst weather conditions they've played in this year. So that was kind of strange. Uh, but maybe that's a, a sign moving forward with this offense and you got to take advantage of it on saturday against the temple team that right now i'm not so sure how much they want to be playing football uh they have gotten blown out three games in a row we'll talk to ryan wallen coming up in the five o'clock hour from owls 24 7 as uh, he covers the team he'll give us the lowdown on what's going on right now in philadelphia with that football team we'll take a timeout come back and wrap up hour number one get you set for hour number two where we will talk to kevin monroe coming up at four o'clock the big man on campus jeff nadu and nate connor from dh conley also joining us in hour number two we'll wrap up hour one when we return after this to hour one of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by university pc care your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs visit universitypccare.com to learn more today now back to the show welcome back to the show university pc care has been pirate nation's go-to it expert since 2006 university pc care are the local tech experts for any business needs let university pc care take care of it so you can take care of business Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. Alrighty, back with you on Pirate Radio Live. I'm trying to figure out this story. So does Marquette, I guess Marquette plays in the same arena as the Milwaukee Bucks? I guess. Fiserve form. Um... But anyway, they tweeted and said the Marquette basketball court was damaged. The Bucks are rectifying the situation. Unfortunately, the new court isn't expected to be ready until late November. So Marquette will play on the Bucks alternate court at Fiserv Forum. So like, do they have um does Marquette have their own court and then the Bucks have their own hardwood and then there's a Bucks alternate hardwood? That would be I would, correct. I would assume that it's like yeah. in Raleigh where they put down, you know, the state floor and then there's the Hurricanes ice. I wonder uh how does the court get damaged? 
Water. 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 I'd imagine water and storage. Huh. I got wet. Interesting. And it's, it's wood. Like, it's it, warped. It's wood. It got warped. From so water. they'd be taking ankles out there if they tried to play on. It got warped on a thirty. <laughs> warped by the warped warped, thirty. Warped by the water on the thirty. <laughs> <clears throat> that Kinston lingo, man. It's tough to, <laughs> to figure out sometimes. Uh, Chandler, pretty predictable what happened last night. Hornets played on national TV, so they lost by double digits. Yeah. But um, they were down by one at half. Really, a, yeah. a terrible third quarter. Like They even they went cold, man. They went basket for basket in the fourth quarter, but you can't do that when you're down double digits. At, so. I guess it was the third, maybe the fourth, that the Pan- Panthers, the Hornets, did not score a bucket for nine minutes. Yeah. They sat at 64 points for a hot minute, and uh, they went – extremely cold there in the second half they were they they fought hard uh in the first half they had their chances because the warriors were turning the ball over a lot like the hornets were on monday night against the cavaliers and it and took then, curry a while to get going and then curry was like i think he was oh for four in his first attempt uh first four attempts beyond the arc um but then the hornets went back to their ways that they had monday night against the cavaliers they started to turn the ball over they went cold from the field and uh they ended up getting uh a good ass whooping 32 for Miles Bridges, though. Hey, that's his fifth of the year. He's been uh, fantastic. His had a, fifth 30-point-plus game. Unfortunately, had most of those points in the first half, as uh, that was the, the best 24 minutes of basketball for them. Uh, how about the Carolina Hurricanes? They are 9-0. and I left AJ's last night, and they were losing 2-1, to one, and I was like... To the Blackhawks, one of the worst teams in the NHL. And I was like, well, the Hurricanes... Well, uh, looks like they're going to get their first loss tonight and then all of a sudden i see somebody post on facebook who's a huge hurricanes fan say that the hurricanes moved to nine and oh so nine and oh and then they play the panthers on saturday at six o'clock on espn plus so we'll try to remember that for our u.s sailor fifth quarter call-in show to, to at least check in on the score because the panthers are eight oh and one their only loss was an overtime loss. So they have not lost in regulation. The Hurricanes have not lost, period. Uh, 9-0 and versus 8-0-1 coming up on Saturday. 8-0-1. Yeah. So that was a tie? Well, it's uh, you get a point if you go to overtime. Uh, an overtime loss, you actually get a point. If it's a regulation loss, you don't get a point. Okay. So we'll have to teach you this one yeah. day. I, I would love to become a hockey fan. It's just going to take a while uh so i uh, tell you what when your in-state team's nine and oh yeah i mean that should help you out a little bit a- absolutely all right we uh we got to get another break in this hour so let's do it now when we return we'll talk to kevin monroe on the fixed nc live line we'll talk pirate football halloween braves baseball and more when we return after these words
listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is sponsored by Signs and Tint, Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more. Visit Sign and Tint today at 801 Staten Road in Greenville or book an appointment online at signsandtint.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Domino's of Greenville has three locations to take care of you. Take advantage of the week-long carryout deal of all three topping pizzas for only $7.99. Order online today at dominoes.com. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. Thank you, Chan Man. Also the big dog, Glenn Griffin, joining us uh, here today on a Thursday. I heard a bagel man spot earlier. Wanted to uh, say I had uh, some bagel man for lunch today. Went with the tuna melt, and it was fantastic. Chandler, you, you made a face. You're not a tuna fan? I'm not a tuna fan at all. I became a tuna fan later in life, and uh, I'm not looking back. I tell you what, the biscuits that we had, or the bagels that we had yeah, a couple the weeks ago bagels. for the pregame meal from Bagel Man was awesome. Good stuff. Uh, great. They had a great selection of dessert items, too, that I might have to hit one day. I did not today. All right, let's uh, head out to the Fixed NC Live line, talk Pirate football, a little Braves baseball and halloween with kevin monroe who joins us today kevin how you doing man i'm doing good clip hope you are yes sir doing well first things first kevin we learned last week that you are a big halloween guy so i gotta ask what you and the family did over the weekend what were the uh, the big costumes this year so i should have prefaced that by saying i do it for the people like i don't dress up for me i dress up for the reaction i get from the people <laughs> and so since since we're coming off a of covid year not very many people were in the office. I did not dress up this year. I have uh, in mind that I'm going to wear, but I'm saving it for, for Halloween 2022. All right. So, so something to look forward to for everybody. The only Monroe to dress up was my youngest who went trick-or-treating. Actually, that's not true. Two of them did. So my youngest was uh, Killmonger from Black Panther, and it was awesome. Nice. I'll, I'll, send you, I'll send you a picture of it. And then my oldest was uh, an old-school uh basketball player so he had the afro short shorts <laughs> high, high socks he, he killed that look that's great and uh kevin you described it on the air last week and then you shared some pictures that i put out on twitter and uh and i mean you get into it you're mike tyson with the face tattoo and the uh the teeth detail was probably my favorite you really go all out man i do man it's it's like I said, I've, I set a precedent, and so now people are looking forward to what I'm wearing, so now I, I, I take my time with it. <laughs> Kevin Monroe joining us. Before we get to Pirate Football, Kevin, we also learned that you're a big Braves fan. How about Atlanta, Max Freed quieting the Astros' bats, and then, man, Jorge Soler hit one, literally, out of the stadium. Freddie went yard, Dansby Swanson home run, Braves win, first World Series since 95. How, how fun was that to watch the other night? It was awesome. And, and let me just say that as a Braves fan, it's kind of like being a Cowboys fan. We were great in the 90s. And ever since then, we've been struggling to get back to that mountaintop. So I, I, I will say that I don't watch every Braves game. I didn't watch every playoff game, but I was following them on my phone. And when it got into the World Series, I was glued to the tube. And I'm just so excited. I mean, the job they did in the front office to bring those guys in late in the season after the All-Star break, uh, after Acuna went down. I mean, Acuna is, is, is every Braves fan's probably favorite player, uh, and he's one of the best. And to not have him, it just seemed like the season was going to be over. And the job they did to bring in those new guys and the way they all played in the World Series was just unbelievable. I'm just so excited 
for them to win that. So, Great to see their return to glory. I, I can't say the same if the Cowboys are able to do that. But uh, Cowboys are so good now. They gave Dak a rest and had Cooper Rush win a game the other night, Kevin. Oh, my God. I was scared to death. I didn't <laughs> like it at all because he, he looks – Dak looks so good in the, in the, in the uh, pregame. I thought he was going to play. And the Vikings are not a bad team. I mean, you know, they, they, they paid Cousins, you know, $30 million a year for a reason. He's, he's a serviceable quarterback. They got a great running back in Cook, uh, great receivers in Jefferson and Thielen. And so I was very, very nervous uh, and just glad to see Cooper step up in the second half and for those guys to pull it out. And, and, and personally, you know, Amari Cooper is a client of mine. So for him to get the game winner, I was, I was on cloud nine. Good deal. Kevin Monroe joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. Kevin, I know you were fired up last Thursday watching that Pirate defense play as well. How about back-to-back games with shutouts in the second half and just the way they're turning teams over, that's secondary. And Jaquan McMillan has rightfully so got a lot of the headlines. But last week we saw Malik Fleming with the pick six, Tegan Wilk, who has been everywhere all over the field when he gets in the game, and then a little tip drill, McMillan, to Sean Dorso for the third interception of the half there last week. They got it done uh, in crunch time and money time, and, and they've been doing that quite a bit this year. Yeah, I said on the air last week that I thought the Houston game was the best defense we've seen from the Pirates since the Skip Holtz era, and I, and I believe that. I mean, I thought the defense was, was unbelievable in that game. And then they come back this week and back it up. I mean, this is for the, obviously the second half was better than the first half. But, yeah, you calling out all the names. I mean, Malik Fleming, that was a great pick six. It really got the momentum going uh, in that second half. Uh, Tegan Wilk, I mean, if you if you just watch him hit, you think he's a linebacker. I mean, that kid, he's not even 200 pounds. He's, he's a safety, but he will knock you out. And I just love watching him play. You know, he gets the tip drill. Uh, he just He's a player. He's called some fumbles this year. Uh, Sean Dorso with the pick. You know, back in back in the back end, they're playing very, very well. And up front, they didn't have the sacks this week that they had against Houston, but they still caused some problems. And I think, you know, I got to give a tip of the cap to, to Blake Harrell because we come into this game thinking there's going to be one quarterback playing and they're going to run the football. You know, they rushed for over 400 yards the week before. And all of a sudden, we get a different quarterback in March, and they're throwing the ball all over the yard in the first half. And so we get down early, but they make on-the-field adjustments that they had to make just shut him down in the second half, and I think it was it was a thing of beauty watching that defense play. And Kevin, uh, some com- complimentary football in the second half. The offense uh, got to work, and we finally saw Holt Nailers have a good game running the football. And and some of that was decision making. Where in weeks past he decided to throw instead of taking that open lane that he had in front of him and running the football. He did that. And also, Donnie Kirkpatrick dialed up some uh, design runs for Old Naylor's. He had 70-plus yards. Keaton Mitchell, 70-plus yards. Rajay had a 100-yard night for the Pirates as they were able to run the football. But, Kevin, you, me, I mean, everybody's been clamoring for Holden to run the ball some more, and we finally saw that last Thursday. Absolutely. The, the thing that, that made Pirate fans fall in love with Holden Naylor's was as a freshman, he beat Carolina. And if you remember that game, he's running all around the field, and they couldn't tackle him. And that is what everybody loved about him. All quarterbacks can throw the ball a little bit. But to be able to run, to add that other dimension, it just makes a difference. And, And everybody knows he has the ability to do it. I say it every week. He has the ability to run. He has the ability to throw. But decision making and, you know, when to do the right thing, when to pull it down, when to make the certain throw is where he's been lacking. And he, he was hitting on all cylinders against South Florida, and it was, it was fun to watch. 
that it was uh kevin and and we want to see more of that moving forward it also helps out the passing game and and hold nailer is able to hit eight different targets on thursday night spread uh spreading the love sharing the wealth we saw that with this offense as well now you got temple coming to town kevin and they are struggling uh in 2021 had really one bright spot this season that was a a victory over the memphis tigers they have been blown out the the last three games and they come to town and you just wonder if they're ready to to pack it in for 2021 on ecu side you know they have to as jeff charles said uh he said it was his old steve logan line that the toughest thing to do is handle a pat on the back and sometimes east carolina has struggled with that uh in recent years recent games so for east carolina they got to go out and and hopefully take this one as serious as they have the other ones this year well charleston southern just look at that game right the pirates tried their best to lose that one and so yeah i mean they're feeling good right now they played a couple of good games back to back uh you know you lose the, the houston game but you play well and you fight back into that one and you do great against south florida and so you know, I, I think they are feeling pretty good about themselves. And Temple right now isn't playing very good. I mean, they're giving up, you know, 218 yards on the ground, uh, 36 points per game. They're, they're struggling to, to pass the ball effectively. They're struggling to run the ball effectively. Like, offensively, they're just – they haven't been very good at all. So, you see that, and I know they see it on film. I'm sure Memphis is kicking themselves for losing that game because this, this, that, that Temple team shouldn't have beat Memphis. Uh, so, I, I say all of that, but I don't have to put on a helmet, right? So, you know, you hope that these guys have to play the game, take it, take it serious, know that any team can beat them on any given day, and, and come out uh, on all cylinders. And the good thing is it's at home. They'll have the Dallas Dixon fans behind them, the students in the boneyard. And so I expect them to play well. Uh, and this is another stepping stone to get to that, that bowl berth that we all want to see. Kevin Monroe joining us. Kevin, you've been on the, the wrong side of, of blowouts here uh, the previous few years, uh, too many of those. Now every game – is a game in the third quarter and the fourth quarter and the pirates were able to put away south florida but that was a close one for a while how about all all these close games you're calling this year part of it's uh fun part of it's nerve-wracking but it does show you that the program has taken strides and hopefully we'll continue to do so and and maybe we'll uh we'll be on the right side of blowouts coming up soon we hope Uh, yeah there's no question i mean the games that maybe you weren't expecting to be uh, you know, barn burners like UCF on the road there, Houston, uh, those games you feel great about. You wish you'd gotten the victory, but you're so excited that you're playing with the top-tier teams in the conference and you're going toe-to-toe with them. Uh, the games where maybe like a Charleston Southern or, you know, other games like that where you were supposed to blow them out and they're closed, those you get a little bit worried about. <laughs> it, 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 you can see it on both sides. But, yeah, I, I enjoy being in every game, I think, Looking back on this, obviously we, you know, we could be seven and one. I think App State was still better than us when we played them, and they they beat us. So we, we we don't win that game. But the rest of those games that we lost, I think we win every one of them with just a couple of plays here and there. Uh, so that's exciting. That's exciting to know you can line up and play eight teams and be in every single ball game. So I, I hope that continues throughout the, the, the season. The only the only game that that could potentially be lopsided is Cincinnati. But you know what? You get them at home. You get them overlooking you, starting to look into you know championship game and, and, and the bowl season. Maybe they don't play as well as they can in front of Dallas Secret fans. You, you just never know. So it's exciting to know that we can be in every game. Kevin Monroe joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. will be on the call with Jeff Charles coming up this Saturday when the Pirates take on Temple. Kevin, the, the voice is sounding good, so glad you're back uh, 100% ready to go for this weekend. Yeah, man. It, it was a rough couple weeks. <laughs> Got a little bit under the weather, but I'm, I'm, I fought back. And, and I'm ready to go. Kevin, thanks for joining us, man. Have a great call Saturday. We'll talk again soon.
Appreciate it, Cliff. Anytime. All right, man. Always enjoy the weekly chat with Kevin Monroe and, uh, again, former Pirate DB. So he's excited to see what this defense is doing, especially in the secondary. Uh, we, we uh, Going into the year, I was excited about the linebacker position just because we knew so many of those names with Bruce Bivens, Xavier Smith, uh, and, and you've got guys coming on like Miles Berry and others. Uh, I guess Jaira Wilson and Stringer kind of fit into that category with the positions they play. We knew we had a young defensive line. The question was, you know, will this secondary play as good as we think they can? I think they have probably overproduced uh, as to what we thought heading into the year with McMillan, Fleming, uh, Powell. We didn't know a lot at all about Tegan Wilk. Uh, DJ Ford has stepped in, provided some leadership. It was great. I was listening back to our conversation with DJ from Monday as part of the Players Lounge podcast that we run after Pirate Radio Live. And He's talking about how he's uh, – and he's only been here one year uh, but had that grad transfer status. So he's he's older, wiser, been playing D1 football for a while. He talked about how he's, you know, took Tegan Wilk under his wing and he almost sounded like a proud dad. How He was uh, proud of, of how he's playing right now this year. And DJ, uh, despite only being here for a few months, uh, has turned into a leader on the defensive side of the ball. And, and another thing, we're talking about so many names – the depth uh, that Mike Houston and the staff has created on the defensive side of the ball has been a huge factor uh, in 2021 as well. Yeah, because, I mean, DJ Ford goes down and all of a sudden you're usually you're freaking out because there is no depth, and especially when Mike Houston got here and took the job at East Carolina. But you got a guy like Tegan Wilk who's stepped in a lot like Magazoo back in his day that stepped in for Blacknall that day against NC State. Uh, and making big plays. So, and then Fleming also has been overshadowed by the play of Jaquan McMillan and, yeah. and Fleming making the plays he did last Thursday night. Hopefully that continues, and both of them are pl- making plays. And I believe Jawan Powell went down for a moment in that South Florida game, and, you know, you, DJ Ford's banged up. You got Dorso and Wilk getting interceptions yeah. at the safety position. So and it's, Dorso uh, has experience. He played a lot last year. Yeah. Uh, great to see uh, this Pirate defense, and uh, should – have another good game against the struggling Temple team coming up on Saturday. Let's take a timeout. We'll come back when we return. We'll talk NFL lines with the big man on campus, Jeff Nadeau. Look at tonight's game, Jets and Colts, and uh, also look at what's coming up this Sunday. We're back with you on Pirate Radio Live after this. to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is sponsored by Signs and Tint, Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more. Visit Sign and Tint today at 801 Staten Road in Greenville or book an appointment online at signsandtint.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the show. Brown and Wood is your home with the best selection of GMC, Cadillac, Buick, and Mazda in Eastern North Carolina for o- over 83 years. Shop their entire inventory online at brownandwoodauto.com or visit them on Greenville Boulevard today. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. Back with you on Pirate Radio Live on a Thursday. I like this tune, Chandler. <laughs> you ever thought of being a DJ? Getting the biz? Nah. Nah? 
Not for you? I'm not into spinning the spinning the tunes. Clicking a button? Not a button clicker? Nah, I'm not a button clicker. Even though that's what I'm doing today and And you're doing I, a fine job. Thank you, sir. I must say. Tomorrow Wes Hines will be in that chair. Man. Are you uh in that chair tomorrow, Glenn? Yeah. Alright, we'll get the big dog and Wes. Wow. Good mix. What I like that. What a Friday. Uh that's gonna be fun. Uh Chandler Glenn, you know how when you uh when Thursday's takeout night and your daughter requests something and your wife doesn't want that, so she requests something different and you don't like either one of those either things. Either one of the items. So you have to end up going to three different places. What are the options on the table? Well, first of all, I don't have a wife and child. <laughs> I know. This is a my problem, not y'all's. But it might be a problem for me in the future. Yeah. And I don't I don't mind it. I I, I it's it's a little frustrating, but I, you know, everybody has their pick. It's takeout night. So if I have to go to three places, then I have to go to three places. What are the options? Well, they're fast food places. Okay. Yeah, should I talk about them? I mean, I mean, I'm just asking. Lily wants a milkshake with her. She don't even care about the food. She wants a cookout milkshake. Oh, okay. Man. So, right. got to go there. Okay. Get food for her while I'm there. Um, Judy wants. Uh, she's a Zaxby's fan. Okay. Got to go Zax. What does she I, like from there? Um, she either a salad plain or a... plain nibblers, two ah, plain nibblers, nibs. or uh, or the uh, kitty finger meal. Okay, uh, I don't want either one of those things. I don't know what I want, but I don't want those things. Wow, you don't want Zaxby's? I, I was thinking I, I kind of want a milkshake. Now I that I got think about it. it, I mean, I feel like I could have picked up something from probably Cookout there. Yeah, they have a lot of options. I might change my mind when I see that giant menu. Yeah, there's a lot well, of options there on the table. Because I'm a big. You do uh, know that the secret's out, right? <laughs> <laughs> and that's on your way home, right? Uh, and it's also closed, right? We will be having. Well, the secret is now out now. It's, well, we will be I having. I just found out the secret that it's closed. CD's Grill coming up uh, Saturday. Oh, man. You just told me that earlier during the break, and I'm so excited. Breakfast sandwiches and breakfast biscuits uh, as we get you ready for East Carolina and Temple coming up on Saturday. So, uh, looking forward to that. All right. Let's talk some uh, NFL. We talked Pirates and uh, Temple and college football with Jeff Nadeau earlier in the week. We'll talk pro football now big man welcome back to the program how you doing today doing great how are you club hey doing good i uh, had a couple of nights of action we uh, now have some college football and nfl coming up tonight and we'll talk some nfl thursday night football not the most attractive game on paper but uh, the way the jets played last sunday maybe they can entertain us again uh this thursday night coming off a win over the cincinnati bengals the colts man they were up 14 uh against the titans and really what was a must-win game for them to to keep up in the afc south carson wentz two late turnovers and the colts lose that one to the titans despite that they're 10 point favorites at home tonight total sitting at 45 and a half 10 points jeff is that too much for uh, indianapolis uh you know i don't think i think you know indianapolis is a team that um i think you have a hard time betting and wagering on they just seem like they always find a way to to screw something up uh, last week was a prime example but you know when you look at the nfl it's generally about recency bias and what you saw last week and what people think they saw and they kind of overrate what they're seeing. And I think this line is really telling about what odds makers expect. Look, after last week, 
the Colts now have a view of what they can expect from Mike White. And the betting public is going to side with the Jets. They're looking at this game almost like the Giants and the Chiefs the other night where you had a team that was just maybe getting too many points. I, I don't know if I look at it like that. This is a backup quarterback that until last week had never proven anything. Um, I thought it was a good spot for them against the Bengals, and, and they delivered. But I don't think they're going to do it two uh, nights in a row. Um, we can say this about the Colts, pretty good defensive team, very good uh, as far as, you know, when you face a, a guy like Mike White, it's all going to be about short, check down routes, that sort of thing. I'm willing to believe they're going to do a nice job. They're also very good against the run. I think um, the goal is to make Mike White do that again. I don't think he can do it again. I think he got hot, looked good for a game, and, and, and that was that. It's incredible what you're hearing about a Jet, from Jets fans. This guy's the next this, next that. Um, that's how slow this team has fallen. <laughs> Defensively, the Jets are a complete mess. Um, I feel like if, if you're the Colts, um, I think you got to look at this. And, and look, uh, favorites on Thursday night have been very good. Um, in fact, I've been very good on Thursday night. I've been kind of keyed in on these. I think the line says it all. I like the Colts. All right, Jeff Nadeau joining us here on the Fixed NC Live Line. Jeff, uh, let's talk about your Eagles. The the fans are looking for something to get excited about for a home Eagles game. And I look at it, they had that win over the Falcons. Uh, they lose at home to the 49ers. They had success on the road against Carolina, uh, but they lose at home to the Chiefs and the Bucks. It's like this team is almost on the verge of something, and then they have a, a pretty important home game, and they lose. Well, they kind of have that going this week when they take on the Chargers. And uh, the Chargers, of course, coming across the country uh, to Philadelphia. The Eagles uh, right now a two-point home dog against the Chargers, total sitting at 50. Uh, what's your take on uh, on your Eagles here playing another big home game this Sunday? Yeah, I think it. Uh, I think for me, it's starting to become abundantly clear what's going on here. I think a lot of people, and, and me in general, got on Nick Sirianni for not running the football. But I think they're in a rock and a hard place at Miles Sanders. I was surprised, Clip, they didn't move him before the deadline. I'm getting to the point where I think they believe he's just not what they thought he was going to be, um, and that was poor scouting on their part. Uh, Miles Sanders has just not been the back I think they want in the running system that they have. Uh, if you notice last week without him, Jordan Howard and uh, um, Boston Scott did a hell of a job. They ran downhill. Um, they, they, they did well. Um, I think without him, you continue to see a good running attack. This is the worst run defense in the NFL, the Chargers. I feel like what that will do is also open up the pass. I also don't have any contention or belief that the Eagles will get any stops. It's going to be nice weather in South Philly on Sunday. I'll actually be here. I'm looking forward to the game. I immediately bet this game over the number. I think it's a higher-scoring game. I think both offenses will have success. It seems like if you can run the football, uh, and that's pretty much against the Chargers, anybody can do that. I don't have any belief that when the Eagles face a good quarterback, they can get any stops either. So, for me, I'm going to lean on uh, betting on the over in this game. I think it's a fun back-and-forth game. Almost screams bet Eagles here, though. How about the uh, the AFC North matchup between the Browns and the Bengals? A lot of drama in the Browns camp right now. The Bengals not quite ready for primetime, losing to the Jets last week, but still uh, have a shot in their division. And, and this is a huge game, really, for both of these teams. The Bengals are two-and-a-half-point home favorites with the total at 47. Uh, any lean on this one, Jeff? Yeah, you know, the Browns are at that point for me, Clip, where I don't get involved until I see a Friday practice report. I mean, it's pretty simple. 
Um, they are really beat up. I mean, they've got all sorts of injuries. I mean, you go look at their uh, injury report. I mean, it looks like Suge Knight's rap sheet. I mean, there is. I mean, there's injuries everywhere, and it's two really good players. I mean, Odell Beckham, you know, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, and Joku, Denzel Ward. I mean, it, there's just injuries everywhere. So for me, I got to get to Friday and see where we're at with uh, with injuries, and, and then I'll make a an assumption. I will say though, this looks like a good spot to back the Bengals. This has been a disappointing team, but I feel like if you can get a good injury report, I'm gonna be looking towards the uh, Browns here. Maybe try to get a three. Tiffany Dew, we're looking over the NFL action going on this Sunday. The Kansas City Chiefs can't cover against anyone except my Washington football team. They play the Packers coming up on Sunday, Jeff. And the Packers, well documented at this point. Um, looks like they might have some receivers back, but they won't have Aaron Rodgers. So I don't know. I mean, are you willing to take the Chiefs minus seven against anybody right now, especially a good team, but without their starting quarterback? No, I um I've actually already bet the Packers here. I took the seven and a half. Um, you know, I guess for me, l- let me ask you, Clip. I mean, you're a pretty smart football fan, smart guy. If I said to you, um, you can have Daniel Jones or Jordan Love start for your football team, who would you pick? Oh dear. Legitimately. Uh <laughs> at this point. I mean, I, I'd, I'd say, I guess, Daniel Jones. But it's more about unknown with love. But I get where you're going with this. Right. So it's like I have – I still have all this – you know, all the skill position players are going to be back for the Packers. I think Jordan Love is a decent quarterback. I think the defensive numbers are not even close here. Um, the Chiefs don't cover numbers. It really doesn't matter who it is. Um, and now they have to not only cover a number, but they got to cover a uh, – you know, basically win by double digits here. I don't think Jordan loves that much. I mean, it's not he's not Aaron Rodgers, obviously. Now, let me ask you this, Jeff. How good is the uh, – like, do you like the Packers' defense in this matchup against Kansas City? Say, say that one more time. Do you like the, the Packers' defense uh, in the matchup against Casey's offense? Yeah. Because if that's the case, I mean, that's a lot of points. You know, so I see why you would be on Green Bay. Yeah, and if you look also, you know, this when, – when the adjustment came out for the, for the Rodgers – news this came back to eight okay that was the number it's quickly been bet down to seven so obviously eight was too high it was too big of an adjustment i'd have put this at seven and just let it sit there um seven and a half i thought was viable i played that all right one more i'll ask you about and then we'll see um what we missed uh how about the carolina panthers uh hosting the new england patriots well like what's the your general thought on the patriots of 2021 are they a playoff team are they a good but not great team are they a bad team that's just won a few games like what are the patriots to you right now jeff uh you know i think they're a trending upward team i think this is one team going one way and the other team going the complete opposite way uh look i've said to you for for weeks now the only way i can legitimately back the panthers is with a healthy christian mccaffrey now i mean obviously you're down in that neck of the woods you might have some better info than i do but it doesn't look as if he's going to be a huge factor. If you look at when he was in there, this was a totally different offense when he was around and, and playing well. Look, I like their defense. I think this is probably a lower-scoring game. You have two real good defense here. You have one team with a quarterback or both quarterbacks that I don't think are going to move the ball. Mac Jones, I could see him maybe struggling against a pretty solid front here. So, 
I, I kind of first glanced and, and, and read, you know, leaned over. Um, the uh, the Carolina Panthers have been a huge under team. I mean, really for about the last 10 games. And that number is at 41, a very low total uh, for 2021 NFL. Jeff, I'll run over the uh, other games. You can tell me if we missed anything that you really like on Sunday. The Dolphins, a five-and-a-half point favorite against the Texans. Looks like Tyrod Taylor might be back for Houston. Cowboys, a 10-point favorite against the Denver Broncos at home. The Ravens favored by six over Minnesota. That one in Baltimore. Bills, 14-and-a-half on the road at Jacksonville. You've got Vegas as a three-point road favorite against the Giants. Interesting one there. Saints and Falcons, uh, south game, rivalry game. Saints favored by six and a half at home. Cardinals, a one-point favorite of the road against the Niners. And then the night games, the Titans are seven and a half point dogs without Derrick Henry at L.A. against the Rams. And then Monday night, it'll be the Bears as a road dog to the Steelers. Any, uh, any other action we didn't dive into that you like this Sunday? Yeah, I took the Niners. Uh, this is just kind of a standard spot play every time. I mean, why is the seven and one team a flip on the road against a three and four team? It, there's just no explanation for it. This has also been bet down. I mean, Sharp's got a really good number, but I think by game time, this is the Niners are a favorite probably. I think this is going to be one of those games where you're like, how the hell? Uh, and look, I've faded the Cardinals. I've been really stubborn with going against them. I thought I'd been in some really good games. I mean, Clip, I've backed and faded the Cardinals twice, right? One of them was the first time these two teams played. I had Trey Lance plus five. He missed uh, – they had a, a second and goal from the two, didn't score, missed some fourth down conversions. I thought I was just off the, the edge there. I faded them again against the Browns. I got some injury issues there. So I feel like I've been close with getting it right against fading the Cardinals. I think this is a spot. I think the uh, Niners get the job done here. I think they're finally starting to get a little bit more healthy. I think they run the ball effectively. And we have a beat-up Kyler Murray. Jeff Nadeau joining us on the Fixed NC Live line. We will visit with the big man coming up on Saturday during the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Talk about the Saturday action and uh, take another dive into East Carolina and Temple. And then next Tuesday, when we talk to you on the show, Jeff, we will be breaking down college basketball lines for the first time in 2021. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, I've been uh, kind of knee-deep in in everything, and, and I'm looking forward to it. I uh, can't wait to get into it. I will say, Clip, um, if if you're interested, there is a spot in the NBA tonight I liked. Um, I'm I'm going to play the Celtics tonight. I, look, I think the Heat. You're getting to that point where everyone's reading the plus press clippings. This team's really good, stingy defensively. Heroes played well. Celtics are kind of lost right now. Um, and I'm just kind of kind of feel like I think the Celtics just have good enough athletes to hang in this game. Uh, and keep it close. Good old-fashioned Eastern Conference matchup. I actually grabbed the seven here. Uh, it was, you know, got down to six at one point. So I'm going to back the uh, Boston Celtics here to keep it close and hang around. We had the uh, the players-only meeting. I saw Jeff with the Celtics. Yeah. So we'll see what that uh, what that brings them coming up tonight at Miami. A little overvalued team here in the Heat. All right, uh, big man, thanks for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at JeffNADU, also patreon.com slash BMOC, where he breaks down all the action. And if you're into mafia history, check out the sit-down podcast hosted by the big man on campus, Jeff Nadu. Jeff, uh, enjoy the man. We'll talk to you Saturday as we get ready for a busy college football game day. Thank you, Clip. I appreciate your kind words and uh, the promotion. I'll see you next week.
All right. Uh, we'll talk to you then, and we'll talk to you Saturday on the Bud Light pregame tailgate. Jeff Nadeau also gearing up for a fight at Rough and Rowdy coming up next month. Uh, so we'll talk more about that as it gets closer to the date. All right, let's get a break in. We'll come back when we return. We'll talk some high school football playoff action. D.H. Conley, you can hear it right here, Friday night. Conley v. Hillside. We'll talk to Nate Connor, their head football coach, about the season, about that game, and uh, what players need to step up for him coming up this Friday night. That's on the way when we return on Pirate Radio Live after this. Listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is sponsored by Signs and Tint, Eastern North Carolina's choice for window tinting, signs, graphics, wraps, graphic design, and more. Visit Sign and Tint today at 801 Staten Road in Greenville or book an appointment online at signsandtint.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back to the show. UBE is has been an EC tradition for over 50 years. Shop online anytime at pyrewear.com. UBE has the biggest and best selection of ECU sports wearing accessories for pirates of all ages. Every day is game day at UBE. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Hi. We'll be hearing from the voice Jeff Charles coming up Friday at UBE. He'll be there at noon for the UBE Pirate Preview, so tune into that. An early look at ECU and Temple, and then, of course, we're with you four hours coming up on Saturday, beginning at 11 a.m. on the Bud Light pregame tailgate uh, three thirty, three o'clock kickoff coming up on Saturday at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, Chandler might be there. Second straight game. Yeah, I'm gonna try. Uh, it was a wet one last time. Hopefully, it's not this time. Yeah, I, need some uh, good weather. Good, yeah, good crowd. I definitely think there could <clears> be a <throat> good crowd. I mean, there was a good crowd there last Thursday, uh, especially the student section, man. And I, I know we've talked about this several times, but. Shout out to Eric Ward and all those guys over there at ECU Marketing. Um, It was a packed, packed boneyard uh, last Thursday night. Hopefully it's the same way this Saturday. All right. I hope so. Let's uh, switch gears for a moment and talk about another big football game going on this weekend. In fact, there's several of them in the area. One of those is D.H. Conley taking on Durham Hillside on Friday night. You can hear the action right here on Pirate Radio as we'll have postseason Conley football uh, right here on the network and nate connor is the head football coach of the dh conley vikings he joins us on the fixed nc live line coach connor welcome back to pirate radio how you doing today man great clip you know i can't I, this is a special thing man i can't start down notes talking about playoff football well, we got to talk about our braves and uh i'm excited about what they just did and won in a world series been a long time coming i know you were excited but things are going well I was going to say, Coach, you got your your pregame speech ready to go for Friday. Hey, if the Braves can do it, we can do it. You know, you draw a little motivation from that and uh, send it to your players, right? You got that right. That's (laughs) right. I think last time we were talking, it was back when they were winning a game, losing a game, winning a game. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, A wild year, a roller coaster year ends with a uh, World Series. And usually the best teams, uh, the way the the draft and everything's set up, the, the worst teams get the best player the next year. Uh, the Braves get back Acuna and Soroka. I mean, I'm ready for a dynasty here, Coach. 
you know what? They can make a rain. I'll run. <laughs> really go go uh, go after that thing. Let's do it. All right. Let's uh, now. Let's talk some football. This is uh, not your first rodeo, uh, Coach. Uh, you you are now have a program where uh, Conley folks and folks around here expect DH Conley to be in the playoffs. And I'm wondering, do you notice anything different? leading up to a playoff game or when you take the field in a playoff game maybe not with your feelings but but from the kids is it does it feel different is there something different in the air when you get to postseason football absolutely the bus rides are different you know i think everything obviously the air's a little cooler it's it's a real true friday night fall feeling uh it's exciting but there's also hey one of those teams in that stadium uh their season's going to end that night and so every day you practice, it could be your last Monday, it could be your last Tuesday, and that creates for great weeks of practice and a lot of excitement, and uh, you enjoy every moment of it. Yeah, and you, do you try to make it more of a of an excitement thing and a positive thing rather than a pressure thing? You know what I mean? You, you don't want to put too much pressure on the guys. So what what has the, uh, the build-up to this game been like for you this week for your team? Yeah, we don't want them to feel any pressure. It's a reward. It's, an, it's a special opportunity to be here and their hard work. Uh, throughout the season has got them to this point. So it's, it's, there's no pressure. Um, it's just an exciting thing to be a part of. So we want the, we want to build off the energy from it. And our boys are really excited for the opportunity. Nate Connor joining us. We talked about it going into the year coach and, and you talk about it with Morgan Aylers during the season on the high school huddle. It, it's almost cliche, but it's true. I mean, your schedule gets you ready for a playoff run. You've already been through the playoffs this year with the teams you face. So how battle-tested are you right now as you head into postseason? Well, that's a big part of what we do. And when we're making that schedule and we're looking at those things, we want to understand what we are as a football team at this point of the year. And this is the ultimate goal to be able to get to and be able to play in the playoffs and be playing your best football. So we we feel we're playing a great opponent this Friday, but we also feel from week one – all the way through the last week of the season, we've played really, really good opponents, quality opponents that have prepared us to, to get ready for going and playing another good team. So, you know, this is not any culture shock or anything different this week when we pop on the film. Nate Connor joining us. Coach, uh, who are your go-to guys on Friday night you'll be relying on? Who are you excited to see on the field on Friday? Well, uh, it starts with our seniors. I'm excited to see them. their opportunity. Every opportunity they get this time of year is really special. So all that that whole group of guys who they were awesome last week on Friday night, um, watching them play on their senior night at home was good. But I think it starts with our quarterback Bryce Jackson, and man, he played well last week. And I think as he goes, our whole team goes. And when we're able to have some success early on offense, we've been playing some really sound defense as well. Uh, it's it's a big part of what we do. So I think it starts with him and Justin Foreman uh, making some plays, and that that will be exciting to see. Uh, we got to control the line of scrimmage and run the football. So Spencer Axon, our running back, has to be able to, to do some things. And I, I tell you, a guy who's been just in our big wins and some special moments lately is Isaiah Crumpler, a yeah. sophomore, who's really made some explosive plays to really get us going and exciting. He did it last week. He's done it some other big wins. And uh, so if he gets something going, that will be fun to be a part of. For Pirate fans listening that don't necessarily know the area high school football teams and D.H. Conley, they certainly know the name Crumpler, a legendary name around these parts. And every time I talk about the family, you know, I think athletics with Algie and, and Carlester Sr. and Jr. But um, even the, the family members of the, the Crumplers that aren't in athletics excel in what they do in life, uh, Nate, and, and you know that. And what a special family. And 
just a, another uh, in the long line of successful crumplers is coming up right there at uh, Hollywood Crossroads. Yeah, he's, he's a really special young man, and they are a fantastic family to get to talk to. Uh, Mr. Carlester Sr., every time I get to spend some time with him and talk with him, I, I love his insight and perspective and really enjoy that, uh, you know, all the things he's experienced and getting to listen to him. And then, you know, Isaiah's mother is a, is a phenomenal athlete, yeah. too, I think, at East Carolina is in track. And, you know, so she, he's, he's got some great parents that have done a great job raising a young man that's very competitive and does things the right way. Uh, Coach, what do you know about Hillside? What, what are their strengths, and uh, what do you got to watch out for on Friday? Uh, they've got a great football team. You know, I think they're, they're what you expect a 4A conference champion to look like. Uh, they play in a you know an area where there's some really good football, and they've got some good football players. They don't have a lot of holes. Um, they don't have just the one specific athlete necessarily that just blows your socks off. I think their quarterback is really excellent. He's only a junior, so I think he'll develop into that. He already is pretty good. He's the one that really jumps out, but They've got a really solid football team on both sides with 22 starters, uh, guys that can play that run to the football really well. They're aggressive. They have confidence. Uh, they have two really good running backs. They have athletes. So uh, we've got our work cut out for us. Great to have D.H. Conley playoff football coming up Friday night right here on Pirate Radio. Morgan Ailes will get you set for all the playoff action on the high school huddle coming up friday night and you'll likely hear nate connor on that program as well coach a great time of the year with you guys in the playoffs and how about the pirates couple of former vikings hooking up in a big way last thursday with Holden nailers and cj johnson getting that connection back going uh pirates are four and four trying to get to five and four against temple and hopefully going to a bowl game coach for the first time since 2014 i know you're keeping an eye on them yeah I, you know i'm really proud of those guys they have been working really hard and uh just to see that some of that come into fruition and see them start to have some success and turn the corner look that football team and i haven't got to watch them a ton this fall yet i have seen a couple of games i didn't get to see this past thursday's game but man they're, they're really close to having a really special year record wise and i think that they're really playing well and things are starting to click and i hope they can continue to build off that confidence and play well this saturday Nate Connor joining us on the Fixed NC Live Line. Coach, we'll let you get back to work. Have a great week of uh, prep these last couple of days and go out and get a win on Friday night. We'll be tuned in on uh, Pirate Radio, man. Thanks a lot, Clip, and go Vikings. All right, there is the head football coach of the D.H. Conley Vikings, Nate Connor, joining us today on Pirate Radio Live. Morgan Aylers will get you ready for all of the area teams in the high school football playoffs coming up Friday on the high school huddle at six o'clock chandler uh you got some postseason football to call coming up friday night yep the wolf pack of whiteville taking on camden county tomorrow night so in the first round of the playoffs and what is their record this year nine and oh they are undefeated so are you planning on making a run here uh it looks like it looks like uh it could be a uh, run situation for the whiteville wolf pack they uh what seed are they number four okay the fourth seed and uh the small two-way okay so you'll get uh a few play uh, a few home games yeah i think the first three are guaranteed home games for the wolf pack yeah so, and but there's a lot of good competition in that two-way side of the uh of the bracket so uh we got to call um shirley shirley and i did basketball farmville central women's basketball at reynolds coliseum mm -hmm. and when they won on the last second shot which I, was awesome i remember hearing that uh soundbite we also call I, I called a uh high school football game uh jh rose championship game from 
one year i did sidelines on at carter finley when wow. when they were doing renovations on their big i don't know if it was suites or press box or what but it was a weird deal the last big renovation on carter at carter finley. finley yeah that was there that year and i did one at wallace wade stadium uh in the early to mid mid 2000s so uh chandler you could find yourself at one of those venues yeah that would be pretty cool and i think if and don't take this to the bank but i think it might be carter finley is where the venue is if they make it to the state championship game but that would be cool to have a uh if if the Wolfpack is able to win the state championship that'd be awesome to have a call for it and uh put it in my bag put it in the bag what's in your bag not a lot <laughs> you need to some change you need to fill up that bag <laughs> all right let's uh get a break in we'll come back we got hour three a big hour it shall be you'll hear from blake harrell you'll hear from ryan wallen from owls 24 7 we'll get you ready for the temple owls uh, perspective on this east carolina temple matchup coming up saturday also we'll open up another bag chandler does have a bag over there and it's filled with great prizes it's booty it's the booty bag we'll open that up in hour three as well more to go on pirate radio live back with you after this Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is a place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now back to the show. Welcome back, Tommy's Express Car Wash. Come experience the difference at Tommy's. Now open at the corner of Greenville Boulevard and Red Banks Road. Doesn't your car deserve it? Visit Tommy's Express Car Wash today. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Brock. Alrighty, back with you. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live. We'll hear from Pirate Defensive Coordinator Blake Harrell coming up in a little bit. A little bit. We'll make you a winner later on this hour as well as most of this hour, if not all, will be part of our Bud Light ecu report grab a cold bud light from a local retailer near you uh tonight you might need a few to get through the jets and colts but uh have a fun day on saturday with some ice cold bud lights uh as you get ready for the pirates and the owls and of course uh hopefully a post-game celebration on saturday night what do the owls bring to the table let's find out right now as we go out to the fixed nc live line talk to ryan wallen from Owls Daily, uh, the 24-7 site for the Temple Owls. He joins us on the Fixed NC Live line on a Thursday. Ryan, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. Always a, always a pleasure to be uh, talking some football. Yes, sir. And, uh, Ryan, this was a game that Pirate fans dreaded for years because Temple had East Carolina's number, and uh, finally the Pirates were able to get the Temple monkey off the back last year in Philadelphia in a weird game, a game that was delayed, a game where Temple was down to their fourth or fifth quarterback. Um, 
and east carolina didn't apologize for uh, for beating temple that day no matter how much adversity uh, was going through the temple program at the time but now you look at this game east carolina is a 16 point favorite against the temple owls things have changed really quickly with all the coaching turnover there it was kind of bound to happen for the owls and uh, for the pirates it appears they might be on the way up with mike houston so this uh this game this series has kind of turned around quickly at least going into this one on saturday ron yeah, I totally agree with that. You know, like you mentioned before, this up up and since these two teams joined the American Conference, Temple had owned the Pirates. Um, I, I remember, you know, back in 2014, I believe it was yep. the Pirates came to Philadelphia ranked. Temple knocked them off, and that really started the you know the upturn of the Owls in the American Conference and kind of the downfall of East Carolina at this point as well. Um, but you're you're totally right that last year's game. Um, you know, it, it was finally time for the Pirates to get back, and it, what a perfect time it was for them. Uh, a perfect situation dealing with the, the considering the circumstances of the situation that Temple was dealing with pregame and, and just going on within the program those last couple weeks of the 2020 season with playing up, upwards of only 45 scholarship players in those games, like you mentioned. Uh, fifth-string quarterback starting that game for the Owls, who was a, a true freshman walk-on at the time. Um, so, yeah, this this game on Saturday, obviously, a little different circumstances. Um, pending, knock on wood, nothing happens between now and then, but a little different. Uh, Pirates, obviously, like you mentioned, on upswing, it looks like, that obviously have a case that they probably could be 7-1 and one right now instead of 4-4. Four and four. Um, but you know things have happened the way they did for them, but they're still looking like they're they're finally turning the corner. Temple, on the other hand, you know on on the downswing, uh, like you mentioned, coaching turnover kind of played a factor in that. Just turnover in the program, injuries again this season playing a big factor in Temple's lack of success, as well as just not playing up to the standards that people had expected them to during the preseason. Ryan, you now get to the point in the season where, and and both of these teams are still, you know, mathematically alive for a bowl game. East Carolina needing to win two, Temple needing to win three. So you've still got that carrot on the end end of the stick for the Owls. But you go, you know, 52 to three against Cincinnati, 34 14 loss to South Florida, and then a 49 7 loss to Central Florida. If you're, you know, looking at this from the ECU perspective, you're hoping that Temple is about ready to pack it in here late in the year now the flip side of that is they practice even harder they're even hungrier uh they still see that they have opportunities out there to get a few wins if they can beat east carolina tulsa navy boom you you got your six wins you're in a bowl game so still a lot to play for on that side but is there any concern there ryan uh on the temple end that the guys might be ready to just be done with 2021 how much of a concern is that right now yeah i I think that from the fan perspective, I think fans are, are to that point where they believe that, you know, some of these guys have given up on the year. But I, I think knowing some of the guys on the team personally, I don't think that's the case at all. Like you mentioned, they're still mathematically alive for a bowl bid, and they have three of their final four games seem to be at least attainable uh, for a win. Um, like you mentioned, the three games that I, I would say are the most likely is ECU, Navy, Tulsa, with, with the exception being that of houston um but you know it's just the matter of fact that temple is it's 
it's in a weird spot right now, and, and the fans are not happy with the job that Coach Rod Carey has done uh, uh, since taking over the program two years ago um, after the 18-day the tenure of Manny Diaz um, and, and after the departure of Jeff Collins. They, they feel like he inherited a team that had a, had a decent amount of talent, and you know this is, this is a team now that has had such roster turnover and um, that Carey has had to recruit and fill those gaps that this is mostly his guys now, and they're just not performing up to standards. So um, I think that, yes, there's obviously concern that this is going to be a second straight year where Temple's not going to become bowl eligible and they're not going to be playing in the postseason. And and for Temple over the last decade, that, that kind of has become the norm, and, and that's been expected. So when you're underperforming, especially in, in a city like Philadelphia, which we know has a very rich, passionate uh, fan base, you know, I, I think that that there's concern there for, you know, the outlook of this program. You know, there there's concern that this team's not in a good spot and that's why they they possibly didn't have a chance to get a P five invite or, you know, that they didn't get a chance to, you know, really step on the state step up on this national stage like a Cincinnati has done or a UCF has done. And that's all been due to the the circumstances that have gone on the past couple of seasons at Temple. Talking to Ryan Wallen from 24-7 Sports, covering the uh, Temple Owls. And, uh, Ryan, when you look at uh, – I, I want to ask you about this one. 34-31 to 31 over Memphis earlier this year. What went right in that game, and how does Temple bottle that up again and put it on display Saturday against East Carolina? Because clearly uh, something was going right that day for the Owls. There was, and, you know, I think early in that game it was not going right for Temple, actually. It, it, they fell – down 17 nothing to the Tigers in that game early in the second quarter and you know it, it looked like it was heading down that path of being a, a blowout game similar to at that point in the season the Owls had suffered against Rutgers and Boston College um, but you know Temple just somehow they, they got some stuff going on offense they got a key turnover deep in Memphis territory and they were able to capitalize on that uh, they get a field goal before the half to tie it. And then, you know, in the second half, they just came out and they made some stops on defense. And, again, they got another key turnover down when Memphis was driving deep in Temple territory. They took that ball and they, they prevented them from scoring there. And they were able to ultimately hang on for that win. And I think the thing that Temple did in that game probably better than that they had in any game this year other than um, the games against Akron and Wagner because, you know, those two teams, I, I would say, are not on the same level as some of the other teams Temple has played this year. Um, you know, they were able to stop the run. And we know Memphis has two very good running backs um, in Brandon Taylor, and I forget the other guy's name, but two very solid running backs. And they were they were able to shut them down. And, you know, considering that they also had Calvin Austin, you know, they, they took him away from the equation in that Memphis offense, and they, they were able to get to Seth Hennigan at quarterback for Memphis, and that's just something they haven't really been able to do, especially the last three weeks. You mentioned those three blowout losses to um, Cincinnati, USF, and UCF. Um, I, I think that's what ultimately they did well in that game was they just played better defense, and that has not since been the case. Check out Owls Daily 24-7, uh, and that website is owlsdaily.com. You can check that out to learn more about the Temple Owls, see Ryan's work and others there as they cover the program. Uh, Ryan, and kind of big picture-wise here with, with the program, 
you know (laughs) temple fans i'm sure were not excited to see east carolina on the basketball court ever me being a college basketball fan uh was super stoked to see east carolina on the same court as temple and the pirates have been able to beat temple uh since joining the aac as far as the american membership goes temple you know i don't know if if the folks on their side feel like it's a good fit it doesn't really seem like a good fit even for us down here uh, although i love the games the matchups themselves what about the the future moving forward uh, inside the american with temple where where is that sitting right now in your opinion yeah, you know, when, when the whole conference realignment thing came about with Oklahoma and Texas moving to the SEC, you know, we knew there was going to be other dominoes to fall because the Big 12 wasn't going to let itself dissolve considering uh, the history, you know, that conference has. And unfortunately, the American, being that it, it is the Power Six League, you know, it, it unfortunately got poached by the Big 12 due to the, due to the money. And, um, you know, losing three very solid schools in Cincy, Houston, and UCF there uh, to the Big 12. But, you know, I, I think that they, by the schools that they are adding um, in the six CUSA schools or five CUSA, and um, I, I think that they are going to be solid additions. I, I wasn't excited about a couple of them, but I'm, I'm obviously very excited about a school like UAB, who was, in my opinion, a no-brainer to bring into the league. Um, Charlotte, you know, a school that has shown that it is willing to invest in athletics, and it's a a very quickly growing market area. Um, Looks like they're on the upswing athletically as well, Um, with them picking up a a victory over Duke earlier this year in football. You know, I think they're a solid add, and, and UTSA, we know, Right now, sitting undefeated right now, I believe 16 in the AP poll. I think that's a very, very positive uh, future outlook that those maybe those three schools could become, you know, the next UCF or the next Cincinnati and playing in this league. But as far as the Temple fan perspective, I I think it falls a lot in line with the ECU perspective that it it really didn't fit geographically. with Temple or really anybody on the East Coast in this league um, that wasn't in the South. And, uh, you know, because Temple's kind of on an island right now, especially in basketball, since Navy obviously is not is a football-only member in the league. Um, you know, people aren't excited to have to go to, to Rice to have to play a basketball game. People aren't excited to have to go to San Antonio to play a basketball game, mainly because the quality of the basketball program at those schools no no knock on them but they just they just haven't been historically good and uh, I, I know temple's not the, the national powerhouse that it once was um but temple fans still think of the school as a basketball first school and and they hope to see results on the court and and they feel that you know they're they're downgrading in terms of getting these six schools in that sense um, because of basketball primarily, and, and this is going to be a CUSA 2.0, and <laughs> this is going to be you know a, a league that might not be a multi-bid league every year now um, in, in the in the grand scheme of things when it comes to the tournament. And but you know there's also the flip side to the argument that possibly this this will be the chance that Temple has to restore itself to greatness playing maybe a little bit of weaker competition than what it currently is. Uh, it might allow them to become the big fish in the little pond, maybe. Um, so there's always that argument as well. But 
you know, I, I see both perspectives here, but, um, you know, I, I think it's a solid ad overall. Hopefully things play out well or how Commissioner Oresco has, ide- uh, you know, foreseen that this plays out. Um, I, I think he did an excellent job keeping the money uh, from ESPN and, you know, allowing those original AAC schools to keep the money that their contract is for. I, I think that was a huge win for these schools. So um, I, I think it's just a wait and see at this point, and uh, uh, hopefully it plays out well for Temple. Good stuff, Ryan. And want to ask you about hoops real quick before we let you go. Believe it or not, there are people that care about basketball here in Greenville. I am one of those people that wants to see the Pirates succeed uh, on the hardwood, and I am uh, super jealous of the non-conference schedule Aaron McKee's Temple Owls have put together. Uh, you'll open up against Maryland Eastern Shore coming up next Wednesday, but USC is on the schedule. Uh, East Carolina will be at Myrtle Beach for a tournament with some good teams. Temple will be in the Charleston Classic with Clemson, and then they'll either play uh, Boise State or the Bonnies of St. Bonaventure, so some good teams there. You got your Philadelphia matchups with LaSalle, Penn, also uh, Drexel, and Villanova uh, is on the schedule as well uh and let's see at vanderbilt uh you know the sec opponent there and and lasalle i might overlook them with the pennsylvania game so uh that's a great non-conference slate you've put together before you get into aac play what's the outlook right now on aaron mckee and the uh owls basketball team yeah you know uh i I think this is the year that's going to really make or break the mckee era in my opinion you know he had a an up and down first year and then last year with covid and whatnot was a little bit of a down year they kind of fell below expectations last year finishing uh well below 500 but you know this year they they returned pretty much everybody um other than a a guy or two who transferred out um they played a lot of these young guys last year so they're expecting big things from these guys you know with another year of development in the program and like you said like when you look at this non-conference slate and even the conference slate with you know, Memphis and Houston and SMU being the quality teams that they are, there's a lot of opportunity there on that schedule for Temple to, you know, make some noise this year. And, you know, they're, they're like I said, another year under these players' belts getting some experience. But, you know, if, if these guys don't put forth some effort and, you know, I, I think if they're hovering around 500 again by – by the time March rolls around, uh, you might see some Temple fans who are quite upset with Aaron McKee, um, despite you know him being an alum and you know a former NBA Sixth Man of the Year and all. Um, I think you might be seeing some Temple fans very similar to how they are now with the football program, saying, you know, is the program really growing right now, or are we on the downswing? So they might be calling for his head come March if that's the case. So. I, I like I said, I think this is a make or break year for them. Um, but they get this they get to start it off right away, like you've mentioned next week. They get a nice little tune up game with Maryland Eastern Shore and then they're jumping right into it with USC at home. So that that'll be a, a really good early indication of for how Temple's twenty twenty one, twenty two season's gonna play out. Yeah, excited to see what the Owls brings to the hardwood in uh this season coming up. Uh, we're talking to Ryan Wallen from Owls Daily. Uh, you can check it out online at owlsdaily.com. See Ryan's work there and learn about Saturday's opponent, the Temple Owls. Ryan, great stuff, man. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, we'll check in with you later on, uh, maybe this calendar year after the calendar turns to 2022 and uh, talk more basketball with you. Sounds 
Sounds great, man. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you, Ryan. There's Ryan Wallen uh, from Al's Daily as uh, at tough times with Temple and uh, no sympathy from me. They beat up on the Pirates enough since joining the Americans. So let's make it two in a row uh, against the Owls coming up on Saturday. And then Memphis, Navy, Cincinnati to close out the 2021 regular season. We all know what's at stake at this point. Looking for two wins to get to a bowl. Three, four wins. That'd be great, too. Uh, let's pack up. Let's, let's, you know, pack up the wins this year. Let's do it. Let's make somebody a winner right now, Chandler, and open up the Pirate Radio booty bag here on a Thursday. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right. 317-1250 is the number to dial. What are we giving away today, Chandler? A $15 gift card to AJ McMurphy's. All right. AJ's great place to... Watch a game, several games. We had college football, NBA, NHL. We had it all going last night. We had it all going on last night, and then last week was when it was like crazy. We had to. We usually do the questions on two TVs, and we we had to limit it to one TV. There was so much going on. And it's a great time in the sports here. Go check out AJ's tonight for some college football, NFL, NBA, NHL, and all throughout your weekend great food i had the what did i have last night it was a wrap i saw I was, oh i had uh, the uh buffalo chicken wrap that's i also a, i took that home with me last night too that's a good one go with that if you are the winner here we'll do caller eight right now 317-1250 back with you after this listening to hour three of pirate radio live this hour is brought to you by carolina hardscapes making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about if you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace pool walkways fire pits or more then carolina hardscapes is the place to call get started on your dreams today at carolina hardscapes on fire tower road across from bostic sun furniture now back to the show welcome back are you one who has been waiting before trying cbd ens hemp in the area is the area's leader in CBD and they want to educate you on how their products work. Get relief from stress, anxiety, fatigue, pain, and PTSD today at ENS Hemp on Fire Tower Road near near Sam Jones Barbecue or online at eshempcompany.com. And congratulations to Doug Doyle the uh, of Wake Forest, the winner of a $15 gift card to A.J. McMurphy's. Start your football weekend off right at A.J. McMurphy's. Come and enjoy live music this Friday night with Afraid Not and built for comfort on Saturday with no cover charge. Saturday is game day, and if you can't make it to the game, don't worry. AJ's will have ECU versus Temple on all their TVs with surround sound. Then make it a Sunday fun day with brunch from 11 to 2 and NFL football all day. And as always, AJ's has great food and ice-cold pirate beverages, so be sure to make this weekend an AJ's weekend. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. All right, Doug says uh, he has football and basketball ECU tickets, so he's in Greenville a lot, and he will use that AJ's gift card right when he gets it. Absolutely. So he's fired up, ready to go. Um, I don't know if I'm feeling the football tonight. 
let me look at the college. Oh, the and college the only, game is Georgia State and Louisiana. The only reason I would tune in is to see if Mike White is the real deal. I I want to say it. I want to say Mike Wright. I can like East, tell you former, he's not the real deal. Former ECU uh, pitcher. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say Mike Wright, but Mike White uh, with 400 plus yards passing the other day. And I'm like you, Club. It's, it could be one of these one and done guys. And uh, we'll see tonight as they face the Colts. Uh, but I don't know. We'll see. Every time I hear the name Mike White, all I can think about is the one article that proposed the uh, the, the question on ESPN many years ago. What would happen if Michael Vick was white? <laughs> <laughs> and they had like the the Photoshop. Oh, there was a picture of him. Right? Yes. Yeah. They, well, they had they went into uh, into like Madden or whatever or NFL 2K whatever the game was at the time. <laughs> And they they changed his ethnicity. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I can. I don't know why my mind goes there, but it goes right to that specific picture from that article. That's funny. You know what I think about? What do you think about? You know the um, the rapper Krispy Kreme. Yes, <laughs> they got. <laughs> all I can think about is they got Mike. That song. Oh, oh yes, they got okay. Mike. Right. You know Krispy Kreme. No, but I do know Pooh Shiesty, and I was going to bring up Pooh Shiesty because I don't know if we mentioned That's an him. actual real rapper. That's, that's a, an actual rapper. Not a Krispy Kreme. Krispy Kreme is a real rapper. Look it up on YouTube. <laughs> but I I don't think we we might have mentioned this, but uh, Aaron Rodgers, before he tested positive for coronavirus, he's out there dressed as John Wick at a uh, Halloween party uh, dancing to Pooh Shiesty. Dancing to Pooh Shiesty? Yeah. Oh, wow. Interesting. I've never heard a... Uh, a Pooh uh, tune. I'm gonna try to find. It'll change uh, your life. <laughs> it changed Aaron so. Rodgers. <laughs> Wait, did Krispy Kreme change his name? It was probably a Dunkin' Donuts a legal issue. <laughs> I would imagine so. Because now all I see is Froggy Fresh. Yes, there. Uh, that is, I believe, that's the uh, performer's name now at this this time. There's a song called Mike's Mom. The uh, as most popular song is probably the baddest, I guess, and the best. The <laughs> It's the best. <laughs> I, I gotta, I gotta listen. The to worst, this. the worst is better than the baddest. I gotta listen to this right now. Um, let's uh, hear from Blake Harrell as he met with members of the media on Wednesday Eve and uh, talked about the success the Pirates have been having and also looking ahead to Temple. Coach, uh, speaking of, of third downs, so you guys held South Florida over. Uh, I know that's gotta make you pretty happy looking back at the last game. Yeah, I think 0 for 7. Uh, only negative part, I think we need more than 7. So we need to get them to third down a little bit more often. But, you know, guys did a good job on third down, just getting off the field. And uh, I think four different times we went for it on fourth down there, so had, had short yardage. But uh, and that's something we, we take a lot of pride in. Our guys taking a lot of pride in right now. So did a good job with it and hopefully continue to do that this, this Saturday against Temple. What do you see from Temple offensively? Good football team. I mean, a, a year ago, just kind of looking back at that film, you know, they were able to move the football and run the football on us and, and do some things there. So we got to be sound in the run game. And they're going to get in 12 personnel, 13 personnel, and, and bring it downhill at you. Then they'll they'll get out, uh, 11 personnel, spread it out, 01 personnel, and go empty on you. So they're going to give you a lot of different looks and uh, a lot of different weapons over there. If they're big, some bigger tailbacks, it'll get downhill. I think 215 is the two guys that rotate in there the most. Those guys weigh around 215. And uh, the third guy's 220, so the guys can get downhill. And the quarterback, you know, started the game in the SEC at Georgia uh, versus Arkansas, and uh, he's got some good wide outs out, out wide, zero and five. 
Uh, one of the impressive young guys is number 84, the tight end. Um, he's not necessarily your traditional tight end. He's more of a flex out. He'll be in and go in motion, do those type of things. Uh, so they got a lot of different weapons, can attack you a lot of different ways, whether it's spreading you out uh, through the air or on the ground game. So we've got our hands full. And, and they got a lot of motion shifts, trades, so they can get you, you know, eyes in a lot of different places. And we're talking to our guys about eye discipline. Make sure you get your eyes on your keys. You know, the thing we always say, see a lot, see little, see little, see a lot. So that's kind of what we've been preaching and focusing on this week. What, if anything, is difficult about teams that actually kind of slow it down on offense instead of speed it up, which you guys are probably a lot more used to, and yeah. they actually huddle and, and those kinds of things. What, if anything, makes that? Yeah, they're, they're non-traditional. They huddle. You know, yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago we would have said the opposite. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're going to huddle. Um, they're going to take the time. I think average about 12 to 15 seconds on the play clock before they snap the football. And once they come out of that huddle, they come out of it pretty quick. So, you know, everything you're, you're calling it off of is based off their personnel. And you're not able to see maybe the picture of the look before before the ball snaps. So your, your guys and your players, they got to be able to adjust, check some things on their own. You know, sometimes some situations, some weeks, you're able to control that and, uh, that menu for them. And now it's kind of back to the full menu where they can get an 11 personnel, 12 personnel, and a bunch of different formations. So they got to be on their toes uh, of what, what looks they're going to get out of those out of those personnel groupings. And it makes things a little bit more difficult in that aspect. And the fact, like you said, you don't see it every week like you used to. So that's a little bit different. And, and our kids have done a pretty good job handling it. Uh, South Carolina huddled earlier in the year, so we have had some experience with it. So it's some familiarity for our kids. you got a group, a group of uh, defensive players that are gaining confidence and seem to know what they're doing out there and able to read and have confidence in what they're doing. What does that do for you guys as you as you move forward here in the, to this week in particular? Um, defensively yeah yeah and you should have come november a group of guys that you know confidence keeps building they're getting better and better every week and, and playing pretty good together as a group and uh they they enjoy being around each other you know sometimes i just had to get on a little bit it's like hey guys i know you enjoy each other you like each other you love hanging out with each other but when, when we out there we got to lock in sometimes it's business and, and that's good though it's a good problem to have that they they enjoy being in the building they enjoy being at practice they enjoy being part of the program so um, but the confidence they're playing with and, and just the physicality and speed of the game they're playing at that level is fun to watch and, and just gives everybody in the building the confidence behind it. What's your team doing pre-snap against Houston? Does that give you more confidence going in against a team that runs so many motions and shifts? And... Yeah, uh, you know, Houston's a good football team. Uh, I about forgot about them, you know, been so many weeks ago now. So I'll focus on Temple. But, you know, uh, Play, play well at times against Houston. You know, you wish the outcome been a little differently. But, you know, you watch what they were able to do to SMU. And you look at their, their schedule. I think they're a top 20 team right now. And, um, you know, they, they may end up, you know, playing for the championship because the way their schedule lays out, just I don't know if there's anybody on their schedule left that can beat them. So that, that was a uh, close ball game but against a very good football team there. But all the shifts and uh, picking up on audibles that your team did against them, does yeah. that make you have more confidence going into a team like Temple that has so many shifts and yeah. you guys can't pick up on that? That, and we did it throughout the year. And our guys are, you know, older guys now and experienced. You know, just the games, the amount of games they played this season and the, the ability to check. You know, they change a call, we change a call. Uh, they get their eyes to the sideline, we get our eyes to the sideline and, and some things like that. So that's, like you said, you know, Houston did it a few times and we were able to kind of audible out of some things and get some other looks and change it up for the quarterback, maybe the, the look he thought he had and we give him a new look. So uh, anytime you're able to do that and not have a mistake or not have a bust, 
you know, it gives you a lot of confidence to continue to do that. Now, you always got to be careful about the fake looks, and, and sometimes you get caught off guard there, but our guys have been able to handle it pretty well. So, the last few weeks, you've really been able to make some key adjustments at halftime and locked it down? Yeah, so, you know, third and fourth quarter, I think the last two weeks, we haven't, haven't given up any points we're talking about. And I, I kind of I give a little credit to our players about just, you know, it's taking, we're playing a lot of guys. Um, I don't know, 25 plus guys probably defensively. And they're fresh in the third and fourth quarter. You know, yes, they make some adjustments. They, we've made some adjustments. But it's a lot of just them being fresh and believing in each other and trusting the process and going out there and continuing to play and continuing to get after it. Um, you know, I think earlier in the year, we struggled in the third quarter a little bit back early, uh, early in the season. They took pride in adjusting to that and coming out of the locker room and, and really jumping on it. So just a credit to them and a credit to, hey, you know, not being me guys and, and not – care about who gets the credit, worry about who gets the credit, but just worry about when I'm on the field, I'm going to take care of myself, my responsibility, and make a play for my team. So they did a nice job with that. So it's more freshness than actually twisting something. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll give the credit to the players. You know, it's we'll make some adjustments here and there, but uh, th those guys have done a nice job. Our players have, hey, I did get this look early in the game. I mean, take Malik Fleming's pit, for instance. Um, Malik got that same out route early in the ball game. Um, I think first drive of the ball game, and they come back to it there in the second half, and he makes them pay. So just a good, you know, good job by those individuals adjusting to some looks they get earlier in the game, maybe didn't play as well as they wanted to play it, and then come back later in the game and play it really well. So good job by him. We've seen Julius Wood get in there the last few weeks. How have you seen him grow since he got in from junior college this summer? Yeah, he, he's fun to watch. He, he's like a, a baby deer running around, but you see him mature and get better and better every week. And a kid that's uh, you know long, can run, physical, and and he's learning our defense and picking up on it better and better and better every week. And played a bunch of snaps last week. When, uh, so just excited about him, excited about his future and what he brings to the table. Tegan, going back to his high school career, I mean, he was a kind of a ball hog guy. And uh, what's it like having a guy that who always just seems to kind of be in the right spot uh, more times than you know when you, when you play hard and we call them extra effort plays. And, uh, you know, you're running to the football and you're playing with extreme, extreme effort like, like Tegan does, good things are going to happen. And uh, that's what he's been able to do, whether it's Marshall last week, you know, whenever it may be. He's hustling his tail off, busting his tail, running to the football, punching at it, and just in the right place at the right time. And it's not by luck. It's because he's working his tail off. All right, Blake Harrell, what a job he's done with this defense. And we've talked about it a million times, but did not have a spring ball his first year here at East Carolina to work with the defense. Had a full off season this season, and they've given up yards. They've given up points at times, but when they've needed to come up big, uh, they have got the job done. Just look at the last two second halves and the way they shut out Houston and came back and had a great performance against South Florida. And I love talking to the players about it on Monday bruce xavier and dj ford and they said all right now we gotta do that in the first half let's put together a whole game like that let's shut a team out for four quarters that's tough to do in uh 2021 but they want to get off to a better start this weekend against temple it's kind of weird thinking about it but usually it's kind of the other way around <clears throat> maybe they don't hold them in the they hold them in the first half and then they kind of let loose in the second half but 
has been the complete opposite for the Pirates. I mean, uh, how were you feeling 14 to 6 at halftime last Thursday? Sitting there in the rain in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium and kind of feeling the vibe from the uh, from the fans in the stands. Not good. I was after dreading that fumble. The, yeah. Oh, after the fumble? The I, end I of half? Like, oh, this, that was, I was like, oh, no. I was thinking this is going to be an absolutely brutal fifth quarter we're about to hear. I, I yeah. was starting to feel that way. And then give credit to the offense, need good return a drive that ends with the Ehlers Domatosho touchdown and the defense was having uh none of anything for South Florida in the second half and uh came out and did what they were supposed to do ended up going from eight down a half time to covering in the game yeah I mean and, and sitting there in the stadium I I had made a decision in my mind going to the game that I will leave at the end of the third quarter to come back to the station to do the fifth quarter but at halftime I kind of made the decision you know what I'm just going to it might start raining even harder later on. Uh, you know, I don't want to be in this stadium if things go, you know, awry here in Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Well, during halftime of the game, it was on ESPN. They actually ran a special, the decision for Chandler, and they had uh, your announcement on there. It was yeah. awesome. I'm taking my talents to Pirate Radio downtown, <laughs> Evan Street. And uh, a shocking decision by Chandler Honeycutt. But I was like, I'm just going to go. Because, I mean, if it did get out of hand, people were going to file out of the stadium. Traffic would have been bad. In the rain, too. And in the rain. Traffic in the rain. Uh, God, you had a lot of thoughts going. I, was, I, 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 I was, asked you, and you answered. I, You know what? A lot going through on in that When you ask me yours. a question, I'm going to give you an answer. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, let's get another break in. We'll come back. We'll have more for you. Hour three of Pirate Radio Live here on a Thursday. We'll look at the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard. Let you know what's going on tonight in the world of deportes. That's on the way after this. listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road across from Bostick Sug Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner be sure to follow pirate radio on our social media on facebook twitter and instagram at pr927 fm join the close to fifty thousand followers today at pr927 fm now let's head back into pirate radio live here's your host clip rock couple of uh, nfl news and notes dak prescott is back he will be dak is back dak is back he'll be starting for the cowboys against the broncos on sunday uh tyrod taylor back as well by the way and he plays for who Texans. The Houston Texans. Was that a joke? Yes. Okay. Uh, Chandler reported on that story like three months after it happened as if it just broke. That's the joke there. Uh, Devontae Adams back from the COVID list. He will play. His quarterback, Aaron Rodgers, will not on uh, Sunday when they take on the Chiefs. Coming up tonight, let's look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dubuck. Dubuck. Jets, Colts, not great um super bowl two rematch when was the name united uh, said yeah. Namath. yeah baltimore colts and Nate. jets yeah. uh 
three and five versus two and five jets coming off a win colts coming off a loss uh, Mike White throwing for four hundred. Yeah, putting uh, putting up a Bengals four spot no on Corey Davis. the Bungles. Uh, no Corey Davis win tonight. Yep. Okay. They got Jameson Crowder. Yeah. Elijah Moore. I'm just saying they're without the number one receiver. Yeah. Uh so yeah, that's tonight on Fox. Uh, college football. You've got the Raging Cajuns of Louisiana taking on Georgia State. That's your college game. NBA Jeff Nadeau likes the Celtics tonight plus the points against the Heat. I saw where the Celtics uh, had a players-only meeting. It's kind of bad when you have to do that eight games into Early the season, in, right? But it, if you think about that team, there's not really a whole lot of leadership there. But like, isn't I, – I like, say this. Like, Tatum's supposed to be a superstar. Supposed to be, but is not. Jalen Brown – is averaging 27 a game but i don't look at him as, as a, a leader. leader i don't look at either of the like I, marcus smart if anybody's a leader and right and now he is a hothead is he still a hothead well i mean he has a, he, has, he has a rep yeah right like he's older now so maybe i wouldn't try him he's not as much of a hothead to where he could become a leader but yeah they got uh they just don't have like that that point guard that yeah. handles the I, rock and like calms the team i still think about him going into the stands and punching a guy yeah well that, again you, you shouldn't do that but i think the same way about Legarrette blunt i think uh well he punched a player on the field yeah sucker punched a guy and we got that got awesome him. close-up shot on espn yeah the and, they, they, and they showed it like several times <laughs> and slowed it down i'm uh what a time you, obviously don't resort to violence and if you're a player, you you have to block it out, but that's kind of impossible. If somebody says something to you, like four feet away from you, you're going to hear it. I'm okay with player on player violence. Your job is to not respond to it, but I'm kind of like Bill Burr when it comes to uh, <clears throat> the player on uh, fan violence. Like his stand up bit about the mouse in the palace, he was like, that was long overdue. Like yes. us fans have deserved to get our ass kicked by players we have ran that line for a long time and you know who always interacts with the fans courtside russell westbrook it seems like almost every other game or i see a well again well but people mouth at him he's not he's not starting that i'm not oh i I know i'm not i'm not saying that but like he is a target to fans yeah um so anyway i don't know but the uh the marcus smart thing that was one where he like wasn't he under was like the basket? Yeah, and I'm not sure what exactly he fell happened. Fell down but and then got up. That was when he was in college at Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. Yeah. Do you remember uh, Dennis Rodman kicking the cameraman? Yeah. Now that was just ridiculous. Yeah. The cameraman didn't do anything. He was sitting there where he was supposed to sit, and, and Dennis Rodman Devin, kicked Dennis him in the nards. Fell into them and then kicked yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, trying to justify Dennis Robbins' actions. Went, is gonna sure. be. That way, and then he went that way, and then he went that way. <laughs> and, <laughs> boom, right and I came right there. Dennis, the worm. He's always take his shirt off, throw it in the crowd after he'd get ejected. Would go out into the parking lot, drink a beer in front of the cops, and get on his hog and ride out. <laughs> as seen in the, as seen in the Last Dance. One of the more unbelievable footages in that has whole thing. To, has to take a break from time to time. And then show up on WCW Nitro. <laughs> yeah. With the NWO. He went out to Road Wild. Hulk Hogan's limo. <laughs> yeah. Went out to Sturgis. You talk about you talk about a time. That was a time. A time. 
definitively. Man, I uh, I got I got to get into AEW. I'll try to do it after football season. It was very good last night. I just I, I obviously I can't watch yeah, it. Wednesday on Wednesday is tough, right? But I could probably go back and watch it somewhere or well, record. I kind of like the idea of um, if you take and record Wednesday and then you've got Friday and you kind of put them together, and then you've got like you know a good two and a half hours of AEW. Man, I were, I just uh, the Monday night it's tough wars and stuff like that. I was so I was still a giant sports fan, but I was also just every Monday. I remember a particular summer, like uh, when I was working with my dad putting in tobacco. Ninety seven, and that was like the summer of ninety seven. Ninety seven. That was like uh, every Monday. I would just be so jacked up, like all it was day, unreal. That like I could not wait to be done working, go home. That was the summer of the Sting Hogan angle. Yeah, on on Nitro. It was like must see TV. Yep. That was a, it was so it great. It was must see TV to the point that it didn't really factor in Monday Night Football. Like it. Well, not during the summer. Well, I'm saying like when Monday Night Football came back, like its its ratings didn't go down. Yeah, you know it, it was it was hot without football. A ratings monster. Uh, Celtics Heat is on NBA TV. At, oh, um, so they moved the I Thursday saw a night tweet off. About this, they moved the, the they're not going head to head with the NFL. Right, so they moved the big uh, TBS production with uh, Shaq and Kenny. Oh, so those guys are Chuck. on NBA TV. No, well, they're on Tuesday nights. Oh, gotcha. 10-4. Until the season's over with. Until like December, January, right, whatever. Until Thursday football's over with. And then they'll go back to their big Thursday night show as typical. Yeah. I uh, love the uh, inside the NBA crew there. Uh, tonight in the NHL, the Canes aren't playing, but last night they won their ninth game to start the season, 9-0. and I would love to see what is the best start to an nhl season i'm gonna see if i can find that on the it's got to be dumb it's got to be like nba where it's like 20 some odd wins in a row the best start by a team in nhl history is by the ottawa senators 26 points in the first 14 games they started with a 13 and 1 record so the canes honestly don't have that much no. further to go Mm-mm. to get that um with 18 points in nine games so far undefeated record for them uh anything else going on tonight in the world of sports i believe that is all so let's take our final break we'll come back and wrap up a thursday edition of pirate radio live we're back with you after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by Carolina Hardscapes. Making memories with your family and friends is what life is all about. If you have a dream of having a backyard patio fireplace, pool walkways, fire pits, or more, then Carolina Hardscapes is the place to call. Get started on your dreams today at Carolina Hardscapes on Fire Tower Road, across from Bostick Sun Furniture. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Save, save lives, be a hero, and make $700 your very first First month donating plasma at Gris- Griffles Biomat USA is the easiest way to make extra money. Start now at Biomat USA on 505 South Memorial Drive. Make up to $700 in a month and save lives now at Bi- Griffles Biomat USA. A better donor experience and better pay. 
Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right, getting ready to wrap up a Thursday edition of Pirate Radio Live coming up on Friday. Troy D will be here in the 3 o'clock hour. We'll get you set for East Carolina and the Temple Owls and also talk to Tony Dunn, carolinacatchronicles.com. We'll have our NFL picks on a Friday. Talk to Morgan Aylers, Brian North, and more coming up on Friday. And uh, before we get going at 3 o'clock, Jeff Charles will be in here at noon on the UBE Pirate Preview getting you set for this weekend's game so a uh, big friday of programming on the way high school huddle at six dh conley football coming up after that some playoff football so a big friday here at pirate radio we will talk to you then great job chan man and big dog we'll see you friday three on pirate radio live thanks for listening to pirate radio live an exclusive presentation of the voice of the pirate nation